That's been written, Steve. Alright, here we are, back again for another week at the Barbershop. I am your host, Mark Gray, playersvoice.com, joined by my man to my right, Jamar Johnson. How you doing today, brother? Doing good, brother. The man behind the scenes, the producer of the show, the man who makes all the magic not happen. A1, how you doing today, brother? Great, glad to be here. And our newest addition to the team, the Players Voice football expert, the way we go too far, football uh, advice. Lamont Jordan, how you doing today, brother? I'm good, what's going on, man? Glad to have you, glad to have you back for another week. A1, uh, did you get those records from last week? Of course not, that'd be too much like... <laughs> What was the records from last week? Ten and five for uh, Boogie and MG, and nine and six for DJ. Okay. That's the shows you've been on, yeah. But you missed like four four weeks though. Yeah, yeah. He is. I mean, he's up there. It's a top three. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, he's definitely one of the best. No, 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 no denying that. He's definitely top five every single week. Um, again, well, we start off the show by uh, a little bit of good news and a little bit of business, so we'll get that out of the way first. We officially have our first sponsor, so drum roll for that one. SNL AC and Heating. That is S in the letter L, AC Heating for all your AC and heating needs. It's that time of the year. It's the winter, so, you know, as it starts to get colder, if you needed that uh, a- that heating unit service, make sure you hit our people up at SNL uh, AC and Heating. The website is S L Air. That's A I R dot org. Can be reached at 301 807 4268. Again, that's www dot S L A I R dot org. 301 807 4268. Serving the whole Washington, D.C. area. DJ, on a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you about our first sponsor? <laughs> Hey man, we're going places. Exactly, man. man. We've been here a long time, man. We we watch on um how many times we see Ernie Johnson's Neato Stat of the Night sponsored by nobody. Right? You see that all the time. It's sponsored by nobody. So there we go. We got our, our sponsor. Um let's start in the NBA before we get into the NBA before we get into the NFL story. Last night, we've been talking about this guy back and forth uh for about two or three years now. Clay Thompson just puts on an amazing show. Um, Boogie, I know you did, uh, we don't normally talk to you about uh, basketball. Did you see what he did last night? No, I heard about it. 60 points in 29 minutes? Like, that that's just eye-dropping. Um, going back to the conversations we had last year, DJ, like, one, I, I remember when we did our top 10 players, I think we did both have them in there, right? Yeah. This, I mean, not that you ever overreact to one game, but this is what we both were talking about, his ability when he is on. You know, we can say a lot of people have the capability of scoring this many points in the quarter. He actually has done it. Yeah. Several, several. I think it was 40 in the first. Uh, 40 in the first half. Unreal. That dude is like caution flammable when he's locked in. Unreal. The thing I take from that, though, the interesting point when I'm watching that, not necessarily that Clay can score like that because we know he's capable of doing that. Yeah. Did you see the fun his teammates are having when he's doing it? And it's sincere. Yeah. That to me, is the biggest difference between OKC, or not even, I don't even want to single out OKC, but Golden State and the rest of almost the NBA, with the exception of maybe the Spurs, they legitimately have college atmosphere type fun rooting each other on. It's very rare to see a superstar of Steph Curry's magnitude taking a back seat and, and, and doing it. You know what I mean? And just speak to that. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's like a family over there. 
Right. Everybody's genuinely just happy for everybody. They don't care about their stats. Um, they, they're out there playing for each other. And that's similar to, I, I think, Cleveland, LeBron's Cleveland yes. team used to yes. have a lot of yes. fun too, you know, taking fake pictures before the mm-hmm. game and everybody just was, you know, having fun. And them guys is out there, you know, I don't think they care who it is. You know, when KD played against OKC, Steph was like, man, here, get this ball, you know, kill him. I, I don't care. I don't care about having 13 points. That stuff don't matter to me. And it's not a lot of guys out there that that's that good, that's that selfless. And I think I always thought that's a big reason why, you know, why Kevin ch- chose that team. Well, that was the main thing that jumped out to me when I saw that is I'm thinking, Kate, when you watch Kevin Durant, you say, we never saw this in OKC. Like, mm-hmm. Him and in, in uh, Russell Westbrook, obviously known to having huge games or whatever the case, but you never saw everybody, you know, if, if KD was on fire, Westbrook's not saying, Hey, it's your show, bro. Have at it. You, and, and just cheering them on. Cause it's different. They, they, they go back and forth playing one on one. Um, Clay had 60 points. It took 11 dribbles. That's unreal, man. You know, them guys out there just looking for each other and they, they out there getting good shots. KD shooting like 63% from two pointers this year. He don't got to go out there and play one on one every time he, you know, he's trying to score and, you know, when you could play that that free and that easy and get great shots out there, it makes the game a lot easier. It makes it a lot of fun. Kevin Durant is shooting fifty six, almost fifty seven percent from the floor right now. He's averaging twenty seven points a game on seventeen shots. So he's essentially averaging the same amount of points he was in OKC while sharing the ball yeah. and taking three to four less shots a game. Right. That I mean, that is is so amazing and. A night like last night to see it all come and just everybody so happy like that that was just amazing to me. While, while Clay's being on fire was mm-hmm. something special. Uh, the the enjoyment of the of the whole team, you know, literally right. jumping up and down and cheering each other on. And Steph's and the main one. And Steph's the he's the main cheerleader, you know, for for these guys when he knows he can be out there trying to get forty a night. And when not to keep harping on it, but a lot of times we'll see when it was whether it was Shaq or it was Kobe, whether it was Westbrook and and um, KD. Normally, if you ask them who's the best, you can almost feel the feel the uh, the tension. You know, Westbrook would never tell you that KD was better than him. If you were to walk up to Steph Curry and say Clay Thompson's a better shooter than you, he'd be like, Yeah, right. You know, he'd be like, Sure, yeah, works for me. You yeah. know, if, that, if that's what you think, I don't have any problem with that. And Clay Thompson would say the exact same thing. He would say Steph Curry's the best shooter in the world. And they would, and they wouldn't be trying to be humble. They literally believe that. Steph said before the season, he was like, "Man, I don't care if I'm the face of this team. KD could be the face of the team. I don't care." Yeah, nah, that that that's amazing. Now, one other story, NBA that's been dominating uh, the first half, the first month or so of the season. Russell Westbrook is out here just putting up video game numbers. I wanted to ask you a question, okay? When you look at Russell Westbrook and you dissect his numbers, what he's doing is amazing from a numbers standpoint. Okay, but we've had a lot of conversations about it that kind of feel like the numbers are a little bit inflated and pursuing these numbers. Mm-hmm. Can a guy who is he leading? He might be leading the NBA in the No, excuse me. He's probably second to um to Hardy. Mm-hmm. Can a guy who's leading the M who's second in assists at 11 assists a game be a ball hog? Because I think he he's shooting. Now, that being said, at the same time, is here's what he's doing. He's leading. He's second in the NBA in assists. And he's first in shots by a mile. Right. So he's attempting twenty-four shots a game. Mm-hmm. Which one of these true? Which one of these is is true? Which one of these is he a ball or is he, you know, this this guy who's helping everybody out? He dominates the ball, so he's going to make every single play, whether it's a scoring play or whether it's a play, you know, trying to get somebody assists. I think 
he's purposely, you know, getting these numbers just, just so he can have the triple double. Now the rebounding thing, I can't be mad at that at all. That's effort. He's going out there getting the rebounds. Man, that's great for him. But he, he's playing like Westbrook. He's still aggressive. He still take a lot of shots. He still take a lot of bad shots. But when you, when you have the ball for 35 minutes a game and you're putting that much pressure on the defense, you're going to have guys want to get open because they're going to want to stop you from scoring. So now you're going to get your assists early. And then late, when you're trying to win the game, you're going to, you know, take the majority of the shots. Now, as a guy who you spent your NBA career as a two or a three, most of the, your job is to stand out, knock, knock down the, uh, shots. That's what yeah. you're, you're, you're a shooter yeah. that you were made to do. Would you have any interest in playing with a guy like Russell Westbrook? Um, if, if I had to choose, um, probably not. Okay. But, I mean, I, not to take shots at him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, yeah. I, it doesn't even have to. We can take the name off it. Would you have any interest in playing with a point guard who shot the ball that had no problem shooting the ball thirty-four times in a game? I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't particularly want to play with a point guard that shoots the ball that much. But like you say, he's out there getting almost twelve assists. Somebody's been a recipient recipient of these assists, and you know, shooters out there, you know, hitting shots. You know, they're getting open shots because of him, but. I would rather play with, there's guys out there who don't average that many assists, but they're a lot more unselfish because they just put you in better position. They might make the pass before the pass. Tony might, Parker. Tony yeah. Parker's assist numbers are never eye-popping, but it's definitely the pass before the pass. And a guy like Ginobili probably averages like two or three assists, but he's, they move the ball over there. Right. I mean, I love, he can't shoot to save his life, but I like, I love Ricky Rubio. Yeah. He makes the smartest passes. But they, they're not always ending in an assist. No, I, I, I agree. When you look at the, too many times now, Westbrook is getting all the attention because of these numbers and there's no doubt about it. I don't, I don't think the teammates, like this idea that he has to do this. I, I'm a fan of Oladipo. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan of Cantors. Uh, Steven Adams is decent as a, as a big man. Like I, I don't think it's necessary for him to shoot that much. And when I, when I watch him come down, it's not uncommon to pick up a box score. And see that he has attempted more shots than everybody in the starting lineup combined. Mm-hmm. Uh, on average, he's taken 24 shots a game. The next closest is Victor Oladipo, who's a shooting guard. He's he's at 14. That's 10 less shots right. a game than him. And then after that, it's just a, a steep decline. And I just feel, you know, while he, his assist numbers are ridiculous, um, I think me and you have been on the record for years now saying just just not a fan of the shoot first point guard. And I mean, I don't care what his assist numbers say; it's still a shoot first point guard. Yeah, I feel like he's just trying, he's trying to make history this year. He's trying to get the triple doubles. He's trying to average the triple doubles. If his team is winning, his team is winning. You know, it's hard to, you know, say right now, but sometimes watching it, you know, it, it is, it is, it's kind of, it's kind of, you know, painful to see some of the, some of the shots, you know, that, that he puts up. But I think this is a part of, that's just a part of his game. He's aggressive. And when you, when you're that aggressive, you're going to take some bad ones. Some of them bad ones are going to look bad when they don't call a foul, and the referee going to give you calls that you don't deserve sometimes just because you you that aggressive. And while he's out there second in the NBA in assists, his team is dead last in the NBA in assists. They've, they've always been dead last because even when Kevin was there, they just play one-on-one basketball. He don't – I mean, he had a few law plays to Kevin, but for the most part, you know, they just take turns playing one-on-one. Yeah, I mean, if you watch the two teams – I, I feel like it's night and day and it's almost a no-brainer decision for why you would think. If you, if you watch a Golden State game and you watch an OKC game, I, I couldn't see how you could be an NBA player and say, I would rather be on Oklahoma City. 
Absolutely, I agree. There's, there's nothing that looks fun about that. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Um, Book, do you have anything but, to say but, about either one? Go ahead. I want to ask TJ real quick, how much of that is coaching style as much as it is um, player style? You've been on multiple NBA teams from the Nuggets to the Hawks. Um, is that something you can see that certain coaches coaches focus more on ball distribution well, as far you, as opposed to like one on one play? When you got when you got a player like Russell Westbrook on your team, and it's it's hard for for him to play a Golden State style game because he he needs the ball in his hand. He needs to be aggressive. And if you take that away from him, he's not going to be nowhere near as effective. Um, Scott, you know, the guys were saying this years ago when, cause Kevin's the best scorer in the league, but Russell's taking all these shots. And Scott Brooks was just like, if we, we got to let Russell be Russell for him, you know, to be effective. And that, that's him being aggressive. And, you know, with the way that go to state plays, that is just, you know, everybody bought in to that's, that's their style. Because, you know, they had players who weren't one-on-one players. So, them guys, they need to move without the ball and move and cut and, and get shots. KD coming in there as a one-on-one player, but he also, he also is good enough where as though he don't need to play one-on-one because he can shoot. He, he bought into their, their system and it's working out perfectly for him. He's shooting the ball great. I couldn't even really imagine what Russell Westbrook would do in that type of ball. I mean, being as he's not, He's not a really a good sh- right. He's not really a good shooter, mm-hmm. so it's not like you're dr- driving and kicking out to him. Right. And so I, I really don't know what he would do without the ball. You know that that'd be really interesting to see. Um, he's been on. Has he been on an Olympic team? I think so. I, I feel. I, I know he was at the trials one yeah. year a while back, but I mean he's also always banged up. I, I'd be interested to see what he would look like in a in that side of for- in type in that type of format. Where everybody is a superstar, and does mm-hmm. he just keep attacking like that? Because that, I mean, essentially, is all he knows. Yeah, he's going to keep attacking. You can't stop Russell from attacking. Okay, book. Did you have anything to say about that whole topic? Uh, no. no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, it's still early in the season, so <clears throat> none of that really matters to me. To me, basketball is so easy to score now that it really doesn't even matter. Nobody really plays defense, so I mean, it's impressive what he's doing. I've watched I've watched Westbrook since he was at um. UCLA when when I was out there in Oakland and for what I see he's just a high energy guy that if he makes up his mind that first of all he's a guy that if he makes up his mind that you're going to need two people to stop him because mm-hmm. there's nobody that can stay in front of him but it's early in the season and we'll see how this whole thing plays out as fatigue starts to settle in and when you get close to playoff time I remember mm-hmm. you always being a huge Steve Nash fan mm-hmm. and he's not Steve Nash Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's completely right. opposite. Uh, and I mean, Steve no, Nash. That's what, a guy who I was like, please get me to whatever team he's on. Get me there. If I have a point guard, my ideal point guard is Steve Nash or Jason Kidd. Yeah. Jason Kidd can't shoot. The, the only right. difference is Jason Kidd can't shoot a lick. Right. But he's a def- he's a first rate defender. Steve Nash, it's top one of the best shooters in NBA history, but can't defend the soul. Right. So you know that's the only thing stopping each one of those guys from being the perfect point guard. Um, going, uh, college football. Well, one, one, one more question on that. Do you guys, so does Russell finish this year averaging the triple double? Me personally, I'd, I'd be, I'd be hard pressed to see how he can keep this up just in terms of going that. Oh, he's already on two restructured, uh, knees and, um, his usage rate, I'd, I'd imagine has to be, you know, through the roof. Mm-hmm. He's not that big of a guy. 
Um, you know, I, I just be hard pressed to see if his body could hold up to that much uh, pounding for 82 games. I think he does it. I don't, I don't, I don't see how he he you does it he, at this point. I mean, he's he's doing it pretty easy. He's getting these triple doubles by like the third quarter. Yeah, I agree. Do you, so the question is, do I think he'll average a triple double for the whole entire season? If that is his focus, sure, why not? I, f- I feel like that is his focus. They they're not going to win an NBA championship. I <laughs> right. feel like that's his focus. Um, him, I I think him getting them rebounds is just the hardest part. He has been consistent with getting rebounds. Yeah. You think? So? I mean, do you think that if you determine, if you watch, because it's not like he's getting a Dennis Rodman ten words those like he's down there in the paint battling, you know, centers and, and power forwards. I mean, the amount of loose balls that come around, you know, long rebound. If, if your intention. To get to every last one of those, that's that's not easy to do. Guards guards don't get ten rebounds. It just doesn't happen. And a lot of time, especially if you're guarding, which which he's not doing now. If you're guarding the main guy, you guarding a guy that shoots the ball most of the time. It's hard for you to guard that main guy and get the rebound. Right. And and Enos Cancer don't play but nineteen minutes, so he he rebounds at a high level. So he's not out there a, a lot to take the rebounds away from Russell. I feel like on our team. When guards get rebounds, them big men, like, they, they're mad. They, like, leave our rebounds alone. If something pop out to you, get it, but don't come down here and mess with our rebounds. And I think on that team, it's the opposite. I it's remember like, you were saying Reggie, was it alone. Reggie Evans? Nah, Marcus. Marcus Canby. Marcus Canby. Yeah, he's Okay, like, I remember you said one of those yeah. guys was real serious about their rebounds. Yeah, yeah, leave them rebounds alone. And I think it's the opposite on that team. He's like, big men, you leave, leave my, my rebounds, rebounds alone. alone. Yeah. Right. Now, I think you're absolutely right. If he makes it his goal... To uh, get your, I mean, I just kind of wonder what if, what does that say if somebody says, "What do you think about that?" For a guy to come in and have personal goals such as that, that you know, to do that because you think about it, a guy like LeBron, LeBron could average a triple double his for almost probably for his career if that's what he decided to do. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. If Jason Kidd, how many times have we see Jason Kidd sit down with nine points, eleven rebounds, and thirteen assists? Right, sit down with that and yeah. just be like, "That's fine." I mean, he would sit down one rebound, one assist. He sit around one point away from a triple double seven right. times because he had zero interest right. in that type of stuff. LeBron's about getting rings. Mm-hmm. I do think if LeBron really like put put trying to win a championship aside, and he was like, I just want to average a triple double. I feel like Le- LeBron could probably do it. Maybe I don't know on this team because Kyrie, but on 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 this team, Kyrie needs the ball in his hands too. So it would take away a lot of possessions that. You know, you, you, you need the ball in your hand every assists. time down the court, basically, to, to average that. And nobody else, I mean, sometimes they let, um, Victor, you know, make plays for itself, but 90% of the time, Russell's just controlling the ball. I don't think that, I think LeBron from a skill set and just size, he could probably do a triple double, but I don't think that he would last the season if his goal was to get a triple double. When you say last the season, what do you mean? Meaning, I don't think that he doesn't have the motor that a, a Russell Westbrook has. I've seen no. time and time again mm-hmm. that LeBron got tired. Mm-hmm. I mean, Westbrook is doing this pretty much with ease. And He's like younger. You know what I'm saying, yeah. mm-hmm. through, through three quarters. Like yeah. LeBron does. I've seen LeBron gas out in big situations. I've never really seen Westbrook tired. I, I, I can see, I can see what you're saying there. Westbrook does have a lot more energy and much more of a motor. I mean, sometimes when LeBron decides, okay, I'm going to the rim, I'm going coast to coast, you can't stop him, but he can't do that every play. Russell does that every play. How many times have we watched a game and we'll be like, man, LeBron is really stinking it up. He's, he needs to get going. And they put that stat line up there and it says seven points, four rebounds, forces at the end of the first quarter. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, just in a bad game for him, you'll really be like, man, he is slumming out there. You know, he's having trouble shooting the ball right now. He goes into halftime with nine points, six rebounds, seven assists. I don't know what you I, know, what I, mean, I don't like, think and that's is, at halftime. Like, it's nothing. I don't think LeBron can get the triple-double while averaging, you know, damn near 30 like like Russell is. I think he can get it, but he'll have to sacrifice some of his points. Yeah, I, I don't think he has the mentality. to. Westbrook is a scorer. He's a yeah. he's a. That's his. He's a scorer. He's a scorer. LeBron's actually a, a pass first. Right. Guy. He's not a scorer. Yeah. He's. I mean, which is also which kind of gives you. It, it, you even have to tip your hat to him more because for a guy right? who's not even a scorer, he's going to end up being you know in the top three all time in NBA. Absolutely, scoring. and that's what makes that's what makes him him so great. He's a pass first guy, but he's still he's he's in the top in scoring every year. Every it's just, single it's year, just by default. Mm-hmm. No, ab- absolutely. Um, Matthew Gray said uh, Westbrook was on the 2012 Olympic team. Okay, I have to go look that up and see. I'd just be interested now to uh, wonder how he plays. Was there any other comments that we missed, uh, A1? I know somebody said something in there. No. Um, Nobody said nothing? I got yeah, a, a lot of stuff saying it's easy for Westbrook to do that. If you're Basically, if you're a ball hog, it's easy. The points are going to come. The assists are going to come. Um, it's basically the rebounds you got to take into consideration. Right, right. But I it, agree with that. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to see what the stats are when – Westbrook gets a rebound, like what their scoring ratio is. Because I would expect that if he's getting rebounds, that he's in a position that he could put a tremendous amount of pressure mm-hmm. on the defense right. by pushing the ball. So I'd love mm-hmm. to see what that stat looks like. Yeah. I'd love, I'm willing to bet the percentage of times that he gets the rebound, his rebound to his shot attempt, it's probably like 80%. I mean, well, we're talking about somebody that, I mean, the conversation is, is he a ball hawk? So we already know that he's going to shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. But what I'm looking for is, is are his shots efficient? Meaning, you know, are, are, are we taking shots? Put it this way. Shooting Westbrook, 42%. Westbrook, anywhere from free throw line, elbow in, mm-hmm. it's a good shot to me. Stop and pop all day with Westbrook. I will mm-hmm. give you that all day. I he don't just it. take those, though. Sometimes he just comes down and just shoots a three. Sometimes he might make it. I don't, Sometimes see, I don't want air ball. It. See, that yeah, right there, shooting yeah. a three-pointer, that's not your game. Yeah. At all. That's, that's, that's hit or miss for Westbrook. But then Westbrook, he hit some clutch ones. I mean, he hit some clutch ones. Three air balls in a row. But look at how much the NBA has changed because we have big men who, who all of a sudden now they become three point shooters. Right. That's why your guards lead teams in rebounds because your big men want to play salt. Mm-hmm. So when you have a Westbrook, as far as I'm concerned, anything from that elbow in, if he yeah. hits a stop and pop, I'll take that. I'll take if if he shoots the ball. If if you know maybe if my team has, let's say we take sixty shots. I don't know if that's a realistic number, mm-hmm. but if out of sixty shots, thirty five to forty of them is West, is Westbrook put, putting pressure on the defense and he's hitting a, he's shooting a stop and pop from the elbow in. I'll take that all day. Mm-hmm. Only thing about what you just said is that Westbrook team isn't one of the teams where he got two big bruisers down there. You know his his big guys aren't soft at all out there shooting threes. I mean Cantor can shoot three every now and then, but them guys can actually bang down there, and it does make it kind of easier for his assists because he comes off the pick and roll. And if Steven Adams, man, is um showing Westbrook the attention, Westbrook just drops it to Adams. Adams is dunking it. Uh, Mike Reynolds said it would be a um excuse me. He said the team the team is built for ISO ball. Donovan is a good coach, but you have to build your game plan around your roster. To me, Lamont, I I agree with what you're saying in theory about the coming down and Westbrook shooting and putting the pressure. My thing is where my problem becomes is when the rest of your teammates, the rest of the team. A DJ, let's say, you know, I always use the hypothetical of DJ, a guy who's a shooter. If he comes down the court 10 times in a row and hasn't touched the ball, you start to fall asleep. You, you know what I mean? And then now, when you do pass the DJ and he hasn't touched the ball in 10 possessions, he now has to, in his head he has, I have to shoot this 
Because I may never see, I might not see the ball again till the, till the third quarter. So then now all of a sudden, DJ's shot selection has become sketchy. You know what I mean? And his field goal percentage starts dropping. And, and it's because, you know, it's so long in between every single time he touches the ball. And, and I feel like so many times when KD was there, it'd be seven, eight trips down the court without KD touching the ball. And you say, that's just unacceptable. And it's, right. I'm not saying that KD would need, need to shoot the ball, but for him to not touch the ball. And then when, that's when you start seeing the trickle down effect that now every time everybody touches the ball, they shoot it because of their lack of touches on the ball. Right now, with, with that, now when, when KD's on your team and he's coming out and doing that, that's, I, I really, I really hated that. You got the best score in the world on your team and you're coming out and taking bad shots and he don't even touch the ball. But on this team he's playing, playing with right now, I think who, 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 who takes the most hit from this is Cantor. I think Cantor could be a 20 and 10 player, but he don't get many opportunities. But he's out there with Robinson starting at his three. I take Russell Westbrook taking a half court fadeaway before <laughs> Robinson takes a wide open shot. And I think he, and I think Robinson will himself as well. <laughs> yeah. You know, so th- that's, that's fine. You know, and, and that, that's sort of what the, that's what the Sixers did with Iverson. I feel like if you have the same way the Sixers do, did, did with Iverson, if you have a guy like that, you have to build a team around him. That's what the yeah. Sixers did. You get a guy like Eric Snow as your point guard who has no desire to shoot the ball. Dikembe who just, you know, and that's how you build a team around it. Right. And, well, and well it, put him at the two then. Let, Somebody else handle the ball and get him some good looks. Yeah. You know, then he's he coming down. His he can't, he can't get his assist. Then he can't get his stats. That, 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 that's where that comes into. Um, as we move into the college, the final four has been set and you got Alabama as your one, Clemson at your two, Ohio State at your three, Washington at four. My only question to you guys before we get into the NFL, is it fair to Penn State that you beat Ohio State and won the, the conference and they're in and you're not in? Well, they look at a lot of stuff. Also, Ohio State beat Michigan. Mm-hmm. Ohio State beat um, Wisconsin. Um, it's it's I I would like to see Washington out and see uh, Michigan in there myself. I don't. I mean, they they stack all that stuff up. I got to look at Penn State's whole schedule. I don't know who else they they really beat in Colorado and in Ohio State. But I mean. That's why they want to move to eight teams because every year there's going to be teams that feel like you know they got you know a bad hand in that. I mean, it's what do you, what, what say you uh, Lamont off of that situation? If you're Penn State, you know, and like I said, you're seeing a team in there that's in your conference. You won the conference and you mm-hmm. beat that school, mm-hmm. and you're not in. I mean, it's really not much you can do. I mean, it's, just, it's the same conversation about college football for years. I mean, it's good that you've moved to four games, but at the end of the day, Penn State has two losses. Yeah. And Strap you know, schedule, you have have conference those. games really ever? You know, has it really ever mattered? I mean, I remember one year we had Auburn. I think USC. I forgot who USC played, but Auburn. It was like a three way tie for a title. Mm-hmm. Um. So I mean, you know, I, Penn State. You lost two games. I, I want to give a shout out to Coach Franklin because he's he's doing a great job up there, at Penn mm-hmm. State, especially uh, coming from what he had to deal with. Uh, when he took over as the head coach right. up there, you know, he's doing a great job of, of, of getting that program back to, to where it, it has always been, where, where, where it started out as far as the reputation of being a dominant football program. But, you know, I'm, I'm happy to see Washington get in there. But at the end of the day, I mean, does it really matter? I mean, I don't see anybody stopping Alabama. Yeah. I mean, that's really what they just signed up and, for that. And, and what I saw and what I watched in that Ohio State Michigan game was I saw two teams that were, that were just smacking. All right. 
Neither one of them teams want to smack with Alabama. <laughs> but I like I like both of them teams better than I like Washington. I like Washington. I mean, at the end, of, you know what? Washington has what one loss? Yeah, but who did who did they beat? I mean, they I don't know who they beat all year. You have Michigan. You have Ohio State. I understand that Michigan should have won that Ohio State game. Michigan should have won the Ohio State game, but mm-hmm. you know the way things are set up, we will continue to have this discussion year after year until right. they move to eight teams, and I think yeah. that's the best solution. Is just go ahead. Move to eight teams, and then. Do you and, think going to eight solves everything, though? Do I don't think, think that it solves. A, I don't think it's it helps out a lot. Yeah. It helps out yeah. a lot. I mean, because that we're, we're not talking about five teams that should have been, and we're talking about two more teams that that should have that should have got in. Really, two, maybe three more teams that, that feel like they should have got in. With eight, then you know we're not really probably having this conversation as much. And and then, like you said, this is you think this is just a matter of um. Who, it's just Alabama's to lose. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Clemson and, o, and, and Ohio State and Michigan, I feel like can give them a little bit of run, but I don't, I don't see them. It might get ugly. <laughs> if Ohio State tries to play, um, Alabama the way they played Michigan, mm-hmm. they're going to get some people hurt out there. Yeah. Ohio State can, I don't, I don't, I don't, they have to spread, uh, Alabama out. All these teams have to spread Alabama out. Um, Washington, with Washington, and of course I'm looking at everything Alabama. I don't think that I'm not sure if Washington has seen a team that's going that that that's going to bring the speed and the tempo that Alabama brings. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't think they have a chance. Um, I think by moving to eight, by moving to eight, you give you know you give teams like a Wisconsin, you give teams like a Clemson, you give teams um, I mean not Clemson, you give Penn State, you give Michigan, you give Oklahoma and you give Wisconsin, you give those teams an opportunity to to actually get in there and play so uh, we're going to have this discussion until they move to 18 Is is the Alabama being so dominant is that good or bad? Um, I mean I think it's good, I think in college football you've always had just some dominant team, there was always just that one team that was just that just dominated. That you just everybody else was looking up at. But yeah. I, I felt like at least you know obviously we can't speak about before we were born and whatever not. But since we were old enough to watch, I always felt like it was like a three year run for right. each team. Like right. like I'm a I'm a U fan. Obviously we w- we would have two or three good year runs, mm-hmm. then down a little bit, and then come back, and then down. Florida State same thing. Florida would be good when Tebow was there, then a down, and then come back up. I, I don't, from from as long as. We've been watching again. I don't remember it ever being this long of a dominance where right. we're talking about multiple classes have right. come and gone through. And, right. and, you know, essentially since Nick Saban has got to Alabama, it's yeah. been Alabama versus everybody else. Absolutely. And, you know, we're not talking about one class that went yeah. through four years. We're talking about multiple classes. Right. This, I mean, it literally has approached the UConn women's basketball. And when is it going to stop? What is he still bringing in top recruits? Yeah, I, I don't, stop? I don't, and that's the thing is that I don't see it stopping anytime soon. And I feel like the team, the team that gives them the most run is LSU, you know, because they they got more pros than Alabama. They bringing in just as good recruits or better. They just Nick Les Miles just couldn't consistently beat Nick Saban, and that's why he's out of a job. And I, I would like to see a a bigger name coach coming to LSU. Um just to try to, you know, get over that 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 hurdle of beating Alabama because they got the talent to do it. They held Alabama to ten points. They just couldn't score. Do you think it's time for Nick Saban? Do you think it's time for him to fix the one error on his coaching resume? What's that? The NFL? For what? No. No? Just leave it alone? Leave it alone. He tried it. I mean, I mean, yeah, no, but what is it? Okay, how about this? This is what he's getting. 
He's in college where he's the top dog. Okay, everybody's going to listen to him. All right, he has the reputation. Mm-hmm. You're. Why would you go to the NFL where you're going to have to deal with people? You're going to have to deal with your divas. You're going to have to deal with all those different things. Why? Why go to the NFL? I mean, you're set up at Alabama. Who cares if you? I mean, who cares if you if you win a Super Bowl? You are the most right now talking about possibly greatest football coach of all time. Absolutely. So why would you go to the NFL for what? I'm going Just nowhere. because scratch your itch for something that you. So have you want to go to the NFL so you can have to deal with a whole bunch of instant replays that they get wrong, a whole bunch of <laughs> pass interferences that they never call, and deal with all that when 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 you're in a position where, like I said, you are the king of college football, mm-hmm. and you brought up Tim Tebow, you bring up all these other programs that that you know Tim Tebow had his era. Since Nick Saban has been there, they have been dominant. You said that. Mm-hmm. That's what it comes down to. It mm-hmm. comes down to coaching, and, and and to be honest with you. I don't think that we're going to see, I think that moving forward, the matchup that I'm interested in seeing for the next, um, for the next two, for the next two to four years, I'm interested in seeing how Jim Harbaugh builds Michigan because I think that that's the only coach that will consistently, uh, A, who can consistently recruit against, against, um, um, Nick Saban. Saban, Mm -hmm. All right. And B, who has the, the football mind. And the way about going, the way, the way he goes about doing things, I think is, is, is kind of Alabama like, but I think that he brings a twist for, on the offense that I right. think can give Alabama some right. problems. That's why I wanted Michigan in, the, in this playoffs. I wanted to see, I wanted to see a Michigan and Alabama game this year. I think Alabama will smash. I do too. I think they will smash Michigan. I don't, I just don't, I don't see it being a good game. I think the top four that we have in right now, although I'm not okay with a team who didn't even make it to your conference title game. Being in the playoff, but this is just the way the the the, in, the the college football system works. I like the top four, um, and we're just gonna have to see what happens. When we talk about Nick Saban, two parts of it. Which one is are you more impressed by Nick Saban, the recruiting or the coaching? I'll give you both opportunity. Which one do you say he's better at this, and this is what makes him great? Which one would you put first, his recruiting? or his coaching? I think I think is I think it's both because like I it's both, but one which right. one? Sets him apart. I'll say, I'll say both, but I'll, I'll give the edge to coaching. Cause so you, just, just for what I mentioned as far as like LSU brings in as good as recruit is Alabama. LSU sent more guys to the, um, to the NFL. They got more guys in the NFL. This year, LSU had a better team. There's just why, just as far as skill wise, player wise, but they can never beat, they can never beat, um, Alabama. Right. One, once every, Five years, and they they coming in there with just as good athletes. Lamont, I'm gonna say it's coaching. coaching. As a coach, it's your job to get the best out of your players. And like Slim said, if LSU had the better athletes, then clearly Nick Saban is just yeah. a better coach yeah. because he does the best job of he 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 gets what he gets the best out of his players. I mean, he has and has had pretty much I want to say at least the last three or four years, ultimately the most dominant. Defense. defense. I'm talking about. We want to talk about Nick Saban in the, in, in the NFL. Mm-hmm. How about this? All right, you got your Chicago Bears right now. You got your Baltimore Ravens. When we want to talk about top defenses, mm-hmm. I'll put Nick Saban's defense up against half the NFL teams. I've been I've been saying it for years. Like the sorry teams in the NFL. I'll be joking around. Like man, they can't beat Alabama. They, they couldn't. They couldn't score in Alabama. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it is so disrespectful to, to I mean, say, but. No, but you know, but you know what? I, I think it goes back to, to the question that MG, that MG asked was, is it more coaching or is it more recruiting? 
You know, I think and it's when, both. When, when I'm looking at when I'm thinking about Alabama and I'm looking at some of these NFL teams, Alabama was full of a bunch of hungry dogs year after year. Absolutely. Well, he's running they're also NFL, four or five stars too. Yeah, he's running an NFL factory over yeah. there. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're sending five, six guys on your defense to the NFL. Then next year, a guy who hasn't even played yet because he set the year before coming right in, they're going to the pros and he's just recycling. Like I, I wonder how many people can say they like. I'd love to see the, if we had a research team. Like how many people start for Alabama and haven't made the NFL. Like you know, I, I, I'm in, like if you if you're good enough especially, to start at Alabama. Yeah. yeah, defensively. Let, yeah. Let's let's let, like how many people if you start at Alabama's defense doesn't make the NFL, and I and I'm willing to bet it's it's not a high number. Yeah, you know if you're the starting cornerback at Alabama, I'm, I'm willing to bet you're good enough to be in the NFL. Right. Because I mean, there's people who don't start at Alabama who, who get drafted. TJ, I mean, no, not TJ Elden. Um, Kenyon Drake. Yeah, I mean, he, he could have stayed this year at Alabama and and ran all over and got a Heisman. He went anyway. He played behind. Henry, who carried the ball 80,000 times right. last year, he still gets drafted. Right, right, right. All right, well, we're interested to see how this uh turns out. Uh, as it comes across the screen, real quick, Lamar Jackson, is that his? it's his Heisman? It's done? Um, I, I, I think it's done. I mean, he lost his last two games, but he just – and I don't, I don't put that on, on him. He had a, a few costly fumbles, but the way – they was all over that kid. He didn't have a chance them last two games. I mean, I feel like the the blockers just got got mad at him <laughs> and just started just letting guys, you know, just go in there on him. Pause. But his 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 numbers, his numbers, you know, was amazing. And I don't think Watson had good enough game, you know, even though they won that last game for him to put him over the top. Have you got a chance to watch much of him, uh, Lamar? Lamar Jackson? No. Okay. No. I was wondering what your thoughts are. I just really, towards the NFL. I just really hope they they keep him at quarterback, and that that was a big thing for him was why he went to that school. I mean, they other schools wanted to you know change his position because he he just got to gain a few more pounds, but he really can throw the ball and he really can run the ball. I think on the right team in the NFL, it'll be really difficult. You think he's got season. NFL accuracy. Yeah, he's his, he got an arm on him. Yeah, th- th- they didn't say work. arm they gotta, strength. They, I said accuracy. Yeah, but they that's something they got to work on it with. He got to get some 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 some. You know, time in the pocket and they got to work on him with his, you know, with his accuracy, but he can throw the ball. Cause that was the thing with, um, Russell had arm strength. Um, Terrell Pryor had arm strength. I don't um, think Vince Young had arm strength. Vince Young's accuracy was all over the place. Yeah. I didn't think, nah, all of them guys you named were more accurate than Vince. I think, um, I think, um, the Jamarcus Russell was accurate. He just couldn't. He, he got fat. He couldn't move around much of them guys, and he went to a, a terrible o- organization. Yep. Yep. He didn't get a lot of opportunities, and he was out of the league. I mean, Vince Young, he he might still have a winning record as a starting quarterback. Do you think? Do you think Jamarcus's career might have went a little bit better anywhere other than Oakland? Or do you think his that just was going to be his career? I think I, I think it's, it's, there are some places that. He, he could have, have gone. Yeah, he, he could have been successful. Um, you need to have the right type of locker room around him. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, and I'm, I'm, I'm speaking just from experience. Um, it, it's really on each man. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it comes down Ab- to. Ab- it's, it's, it's on each man. But Ab- for his situation, you got, you know, I could see him in, you know, I, I could see him being in a Pittsburgh Steelers locker room with a Mike Tomlin being yeah. surrounded by, you know, Troy Palomalo, you know, um, all those, all those guys, uh, like Heinz Ward, all mm-hmm. those different types of guys. But once again, it's on the individual to take advantage of that opportunity. And I mean, you got to think when he came into Oakland, I mean, 
or we might have been on like our, our like fifty seventh quarterback. <laughs> right. And, right. And for a guy who your main attribute is that you can just throw the ball far. I mean, with he didn't have anything else outside of being able to throw the ball far. I mean, I could throw the ball 55 yards right now, and if you give me time and, and, and I got somebody running wide open, I'm pretty sure I'll be able to compete that. And everybody will say, okay, well, he has accuracy. The question is, do you have accuracy on the run? Do you have accuracy when, when pressure's on you? And can you manage the mental aspect of the game? Right. And, 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 and so with regards to that, it would have been a situation where he needed to go somewhere else. Uh, as far as the boy Jackson, I think it's just a situation where, hey, Look at the quarterbacks that are in the National Football right now. Easily, he could be a backup somewhere. Mm-hmm. He could easily be a backup somewhere. So, for him, you know what? I can care less if I win the Heisman Trophy. Right. I don't care. I mean, what has what has the what does the Heisman Trophy do for you in the National Football League? You gotta, nothing. You gotta Absolutely come back anyway. nothing. Right. You gotta come back so anyway. if I'm him, if I'm him, I just I just focus on I, I focus on I don't know what bowl they're gonna play in. They got the Citrus Bowl. They play against right. LSU. Okay, well, I, I go out there and. and this is your last opportunity, pretty much. Before no, he got to come back. He's got to come back. Gotta, yeah, he got to come back. They get him again. He's on your sophomore. Yeah. Okay. Oh well, he's good. Then. I don't yeah. care about Heisman. Forget Heisman. Yeah. I want to yeah. go out here, play well against LSU, mm-hmm. show these, and, and 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 show that I can do more than just run the ball. But that's the thing about him. You said you ain't watched him much, and I and I've said this in our chat. I'm like, for a guy who's faster than everybody else, mm-hmm. I'm surprised at. Like sometimes he gets out of there because he has to. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised at the patience that sometimes he sits in that pocket and just throws the ball. And I'm like, man, if I know I'm this fast, you ain't got like Vic. You ain't got but a second to get open. Vic was out of there. He's he's more patient than me. My question would become, would you rather be Geno Smith, which is he's an NFL quarterback. Mm-hmm. He'll be a career backup and might have double-digit years as a, you know, backup and service or maybe even start someday again. Or would you rather be Terrell Pryor? That, 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 I feel like, would you rather be a star receiver? Or would you rather be, if you're stuck on being a quarterback, would you rather be, at best, a mediocre quarterback? Are you, uh, do you have to be one or the other? You can be, you can be Lamar Jackson and end up being a, a really good quarterback. Michael Vick was a really I, good quarterback. Okay. I mean, if, I'm just saying, you think, so you think he, he could be, Absolutely. I think Pro you, Bowl, I, NFL I think you give him, you give him 10 more pounds and I think he can be a really good quarterback. Okay. All right. He just can't go to, like you say, Jam- Jamarcus just went to the worst situation he could probably, he can possibly go to. I've, mm-hmm. I'm an LSU fan and I've seen him do, do almost everything. Lamont, I mean, Lamont hit it on the head pick. with the, with the, with the thing. At the end of the day, obviously, just like everybody else in any aspect walk of life, we're all responsible for our own Actions, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and our own whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I think Lamont, the, the key thing that jumped out that he said to me was the ability to hold the NFL. I forgot what Handle you said. Handle the mental load. Handle the mental load. How many times have we said on this show, DJ, that so much of being a quarterback is about what you do in your head? You yeah. know what I mean? Peyton Manning wasn't the strongest arm. Peyton right. Manning can't move. Right. You know, if you were to put Peyton Manning in a, in a, you know, in an obstacle course, they'd finish dead last. But what he had upstairs and, and, you know, was light years ahead of other people. And that's what I think his combination of not being the highest at that. Mm -hmm. And then you combine that with going to Oakland at that time in that situation. I I don't see how that could end any other way than the way it did. end. But as a, as a young guy, as a rookie, you need to, you need older guys around you to show you how to be a professional. You need. Yeah. Like they had had a different quarterback. Absolutely. Weekly. 
Even yeah. even even Randy Moss shut it down out there. You know what I mean? <laughs> nah, yeah, no. Nah, it it's hard to expect you know a guy like that to come in. You know what? I, I I don't. I, the whole this whole notion that Randy shut it down out there. It seems like that. But I mean, everybody you can seems, tell me this, something. This is what I don't people know. don't understand. That man was fighting through injuries. Right? Okay. Okay. It's not a matter of shutting things down. When you when you make up your mind, you can run by everybody that's on the field, mm-hmm. and and you're limping you're limping all throughout the week. You're hardly getting through practice, and you come out there and you and you try to give it your all on on, on game day. It's not a matter of shutting down okay. because I mean I could speak. I mean I'm not going to speak on guys who I felt like shut it down. I was I was about but to. But I will tell you. I, I, I will. But I, I will. Exactly I will tell too. you. But I will tell you that as far as I'm concerned, Randy Moss wasn't one of them. Okay. A guy who's injured, who's hurting. Who goes to treatment and who still comes out to practice, works hard, and then goes up and shows up in the game? That's not shutting down. Being completely healthy and just waiting for the season to end—that right there is shutting it down. Right. And so all these, all these people, oh, well, Randy shut it down. He, nah, Randy didn't shut it down. It's guys who did shut it down, but I don't think Randy Moss was one of them. But that's why we need guys like you who who's there and can tell us stuff that we don't know. But but when you when you go to the media and say you play hard when you want to, that don't help your cause. It definitely no no, it definitely does not help your cause. It yeah. definitely does not help your cause. But speaking on that particular situation, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned, no, he didn't shut it down. Yeah. I rem- I remember well, I'm back a fan. I'm happy to hear that then, you know, think what I think. I rem- I remember very well when all that stuff was going on and I, I remember Lamont would be. That's why as soon as he said, I knew he was about to jump on that yeah. one. Because I, I remember the situation and you being adamant and being upset about that perception. I, I, you remember the story about um when he didn't have to run but still came out and ran with you guys in practice. Yeah, it came out yeah, and ran sprints with you guys when he didn't have yeah. to run the sprints and stuff like that. So I mean, I, I remember that you were, uh all of that. But again, you know, that's that's just Randy Moss, and you you know how that is, DJ. When you get a certain reputation in the uh. It's out there. It's out there. Yeah. And like you said, he definitely didn't do himself any favors by saying, I play what I want to play. Right. But, um, he didn't do himself any favors, but I will tell you this much. The man was a leader on that football field. He was out there teaching the young wide receivers. Whatever the perception of of the type of character or what type of person he is off the field, I don't, I I don't concern myself with who a man is off the field. Mm -hmm. But between those lines in that locker room, when you out there putting on those helmets and those pads and you going through two a days with these guys, what I saw was, was a guy who was a leader. I saw a guy pulling young guys off to the side, talking to them. Those are the things that are important to me. Now, if he want to moon the Green Bay fans, or if he want to go straight cash homie and all those different types of things, that's fine. That's I didn't just mind that's, that at all. that's 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 just you know we all have a different type of personality. Yeah. But at the end of the day, that's a man that yes, I will go to war with that man. Yes, I want him out there on that football field. Okay, I want him in practice with me on on a day to day basis because even if he's hurt, guess what he's doing? He's out there coaching up the younger guys. Doing what he can do to help the team win. That's what I know about Randy Moss. So all this other stuff, oh, he shut it down. And granted, he does not help his cause when he says things like that. Mm-hmm. But when it comes on the, to the day-to-day things, seeing the guy that's hurt, that's injured, who, hey, I'm Randy Moss. I can shut it down if I want to. No, that man continue to come out there and play. And, and that's guys, what matters to And me. there are guys who did do that, who did shut it down and decided they didn't want to but have who, to play. Who was there to take a guy like Jamarcus under their wing? At that time, I'm coming number one pick, you know sixty million dollars, and I can only speak for myself. That's where, when, 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 and at the time, I, I, I kind of understood it, but that's where, when, you, when, when you're paid the money that Oakland gave me, that's where you got where I have to be a better leader. That's, you that's where That's where I myself. I'm not gonna speak on everybody else in the locker room, but I was bought there. Uh, I, they paid me a nice amount of money, and and I needed to be a better leader. So from that standpoint, I can only point to myself with regards to that. But at the end of the day. 
it was definitely not a franchise that you that put it this way. It's not a franchise that, at that time that you can come to where you may have some maturity issues. At that point in time, it was him, Cole Pepper, who was fighting for his own job. Yeah. So he's not in any position to be coaching somebody to take his job. Yeah. And Walters, who was a rookie as well. I think they were drafted in the same year or maybe one year apart. I think one year apart. One year apart. And he's a third round. He's also trying to get on the field. So he has no, he's in no position of coaching Jamarcus. You know, right. I mean, nobody really was. Right. And I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> Remember that I saw a commercial. Uh, years ago with the Houston quarterback where they, it was a picture where he's lined up like he's under center, but there's no offensive line. It's just all defensive oh. linemen standing <laughs> Probably, there. Probably, uh, it, car. It, yeah. it had to be Yeah, car, if yeah. you were a quarterback at the Oakland Raiders at that time, that's pretty much what you were dealing with. <laughs> right. That's what you were dealing with. Right. So, but even just like different locker rooms, like you say, if you went somewhere like Pittsburgh, and I'm, I'm going to use the example that I've, I've been through myself. Like say in Denver, and I played at Denver, we had best talent. But for a rookie to come in there and and what what he's gonna learn from the guys on our team is <laughs> first of all, everybody's good. You're gonna you're gonna learn how to party and <laughs> <laughs> and drink and gamble and mess around with women. I went to the Spurs locker room, totally different. Now now we wasn't losing, we was winning in Denver, but we couldn't beat like a Spurs team that we were clearly more talented then. And they them guys walk around like champions. Nobody's really hanging out or doing anything. They just take it easy. Practices is, is nothing. And they just, and, and they, and they win games, but you have a whole lot of just leaders in there. You just like Kawhi Leonard goes in there and you ain't never heard nothing about Kawhi Leonard. He barely even talks. He's just getting better and better. He's not partying or doing nothing crazy. Had Kawhi Leonard went to a team like our team. Who knows what he probably be on media takeout somewhere. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's yeah. That's that's definitely true. That's definitely true. Um, let's go ahead and get into this NFL, folks. Good start to the show. There. A lot of insight from both of you guys. That's what we provide here at the barbershop, man. <laughs> that's why we got sponsors like SNL, AC, and Heating. <laughs> that's S L A I R dot org. Even Siri wants to get in on the show, man. 301-807-4268. For your whole. You get another one. Yo, why not, man? That's what okay. we doing, man? We popping. All right, go ahead. What's that first game? Cowboys and Vikings. That was a Thursday night game? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, more of the same. Uh, the Vikings. Now, you want to talk about, as we just talked, you want to talk about teams that couldn't score in Alabama's, uh, defense? <laughs> Vikings top of that list right there, man. They, they can't score on too much of anybody. Um, Sean Hill's still in the league. Is that crazy, Boogie? No. I like Sean Hill. I, it's so weird that when I saw his name like three years ago, you ever look at somebody's name and you have to click on it and say, is that the same so-and-so? <laughs> and it will be like, wow, nah, it is. It, you know, like, because uh, somebody will have a common name. You'll be like, Jimmy Smith? Nah, it can't be. Let me click. We'll be like, wow, that's him. So I saw Sean Hill one day, and I'm like, nah, it can't be the same Sean Hill that went to school with us. I, I, did, I didn't even think when we were in school that he would make the NFL, let alone, what are we coming up on now? No, hell no, more yeah, than that. I think he might be a 13. Yeah, it got to be. Yeah, I think he might be a 13-year guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like. I didn't even think he was good at Maryland. You like Sean Hill? I like Sean Hill. Good guy. I, I, I like I, I like Sean Hill. Um, you saw I, a thirteen-year NFL career in his future? I saw a backup quarterback. Well, that's what he is. Yeah, I mean, I saw it's a I lot saw, of bad ones. I saw I saw a guy that I felt like could could go in there and, and compete for a backup spot. Um, I mean, he was a fighter, man. That's, that's this is this is his eleventh uh, year right now. Eleventh year, yeah. I mean, he's a guy who who who's a fighter, and I thought that you know you have. When your backup comes in, you just want a guy that's not going to lose the game for you. 
And when you're the Minnesota Vikings and you don't have an offense as it is, um, you know, you, psh, I mean, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and go with Sean Hill. I'm going to go with what I know. Not really speaking about Sean Hill. I'm just surprised at how many bad backups are in the NFL. Which makes you think about some of the people who aren't in the NFL. Exactly. Which is kind of weird. Yes. Mike Vicks, Josh Freeman. Just, I mean, a handful of guys. Like, that's kind of odd. I guess yeah. you want, sorry, I guess you want guys to, that's not going to threaten your, your, your quarterback. I guess so. Yeah. I guess so. Um, more of the same. Cowboys, I mean, 12 for 18 for, I mean, just these games where you're allowed your court, starting quarterback throws 18 passes and you win like that. That's, that's awesome. You know, 18 passes, you run the ball 28 times. It didn't even really seem like they had that many plays, obviously. And, and you walk away with a number W. Um, Bradford definitely got hit in his head on that. Uh, was it the last play of the game? Or was it the yeah. two point? Mm-hmm. He got hit in the head. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you want to, I have a lot of Minnesota, excuse me, Minnesota Viking fans that I know that are outraged and saying that they had a chance to win the game. I mean, they did, but I mean, the refs did it. It's not the first time. It won't be the last time. Um, you know, it's the reason you play 60 minutes. Yeah, they, they did have a chance, had a chance to win. I think had they had, you know, AP out there, this game, they probably could have won. They're missing more than AP. They're missing, a, they're missing a lot of people out there in Minnesota. A lot of, a lot of people are hurt. Um, that was, they just got digs back, uh, that game. But, but you hold Dallas to 17 points. And, and you hold Ezekiel Elliott to 86 yards rushing on 20 carries. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they pretty much held him in check. Um, Minnesota's defense is good. I mean, that's not breaking news. Their offense is just, their offensive line is awful and they can't score. Yeah. Uh, Boogie, you have anything to say about this game or the Cowboys who have locked up a playoff, uh, berth already? Keep on winning, Cowboys. Just, just, just keep on winning. I thought that. I think I had picked Minnesota in this game. I thought you that did. this was going to be the best defense that the Cowboys has actually faced all year long. Um, unfortunately, Minnesota didn't have an offense to support them. Um, we could talk all we want to about the, the, you know, the missed calls, but that's pretty much been the National Football League for like the last four years. So we really can't hang our head on that. <clears throat> um, just want the Cowboys, just me wanting the Redskins to get in. Just need the Cowboys to continue to win. Uh, when your quarterback goes 12 for 18 and you run the ball 28 times for 140 yards. That, that, that's pretty much how it's done. I mean, that was a, that was a defensive game. And at the end of the day, the team who had the best offense as far as just throughout the entire season, they wound up winning the game. So, uh, my hat goes off to the Dallas Cowboys. And even with that said, with the Minnesota Vikings, they are still, I, I think they're still in the playoff hunt for yeah. their division. So well, they're in that division. Yeah. Next is, um, the Buccaneers at the Chargers. We're ahead of schedule. Yeah. That, that, that's all I'll say. Now things are going to start to get real tough here and we're in contention for, you know, for the conference, but I think that speaks more to the conference than really about us. But we're ahead of schedule. We, we, we're very, uh, we're banged up and we can't seem every, every time we get a running back, they get hurt. But, um, we're ahead of schedule and, um, Jameis Winston's, every time you hear anything about Jameis Winston off the field, it's always positive. You notice that? I mean, all anybody ever says is, how much of a leader he is, how he's the first person, which is completely um what I was worried about was the off-the-field stuff, and we haven't heard a peep about it. You know, all we hear about is the first guy there, the last person to leave, you know, all the all the teammates deferring to him and, you know, him having a grasp of it. Um, He's good. We got Mike Evans is good. Um, You know, good stuff. There's one play during this game I'm sitting here and I'm watching, and it's I was, what I was talking about in the chat. Um, And, Lamont, I'll get your opinion on this. Um... Cecil Shorts, okay, a receiver, gets a pass, 
and this is the NFL with all the no concussions, no helmets to the head. A defender just goes straight at his knees. Helmet to his knee. As soon as I saw it, I said, I said to the people who were over here, that's it. That's like a career. Like that, that's, it's done. As soon as it happened. That's why I said it comes across my phone. Dislocated kneecap, tears MCL, ACL, PCL. Now, to me, if I'm the NFL, find the concussion stuff, all the lawsuits and everything, I get it. That hit right there is more troublesome to me than the helmet to helmet. You see a helmet to helmet, a guy gets a concussion, he might miss, he might miss a week, might miss two. This right here, this guy's career is over. Yeah, I didn't see it. I mean, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I don't like it. I mean, I'd rather get hit high than to get hit low. If I'm running like this and I'm catching the ball, all right, and the defenders, and I'm, if my head is turned in the complete opposite direction of the defender and he hits me, I would rather him hit me high. I would rather he hit me high than to hit me, than, than to hit me low. I mean, look, there's plenty of times as a running back, I've been dinged up. You know, I walk back to the huddle, blurred vision, things of that nature, but you kind of shake those things off. You can't shake off, you know, your foot going in the, or your, 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 your leg going in the direction that it's not supposed to go in. You know, I can bounce back from a concussion in a week or two. And yeah, you may have some long-term effects. You may not have some long-term right. effects. But one thing that's a guarantee is that when a guy's foot is planted and somebody's running full speed and you don't see him, then that's, that's going to be a career ender. And, and I really, man, I really, I really would just like for the NFL to go back to the old rules that they had. Um, I totally agree with you on that. I'm, I'm sure most guys would rather get hit high than low. Um, but you know, with that big lawsuit that the NFL was kind of put in that position where they, they had to change that or they're going to keep coming out of, you know, their pockets as much as they already have. And, and as far as, you know, I know some guys have had, you know, instances where they, you know, hurt themselves or they're in a bad place, but, I'm curious of how many of them guys, you know, really, really, you know, feel the effects, you know, of that. But when you got a chance to get a payout, everybody's going to step up and act like, you know, something's wrong with their head. And when they, when you know what you're getting yourself into when you play in the NFL, and, but I'm pretty sure no guy wants to have his knees tore up, you know, for, cause you're targeting there, opposed to, you know, hitting them high. You have on helmets. Um, what were the old, you said the old NFL rules? What, I mean, what hit, is hit a man high. Okay. I mean, I, I, okay. I, I, I like, you can't lead with the head. I right, understand that. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you take away a, a guy's ability to separate him from the ball, I mean, how many touchdowns have we seen where a guy's laying off a wide receiver? He winds up catching the ball, splitting and going for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. You've seen it happen to wide receivers. You see it happening with guys blitzing the quarterback or, or trying to get the quarterback in passes. Go back to go back to where you at least let a guy be open from neck down. All right, from from neck down. All right, make the defenders work. You know that's more realistic. I would rather get hit. I would rather get hit waist up and have to deal with maybe some long term effects mm-hmm. than to get hit waist down and have to deal with something immediately because now let's let's deal with let's let's look at, at things from a mental aspect. You're healthy. You're having a great career. You're up on your contract. But because the rules of a very physical game have been changed uh to 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 make make it powder puff and I understand that there are lawsuits and things of that nature. But now because rules have been changed now I'm dealing with the fact that now I can't walk straight for the rest of my life. If I'm 24 and I can't walk straight for the rest of my life, I'm going to have a problem with that. Well, how about the how about the psyche of a person who has to deal with that? You know, so these are things that we're that we're not talking about. I just think that 
that that I understand you want to make the game safe as you should. But when you're making when when you're changing things that's that's you know, it's not making the game safe. More guys mm-hmm. are having career ending injuries now because of some of the rules changes. Right. As, as far as this game, um, particular, um, the, MG talked about, you know, Jameis Winston, him being worried about off the field stuff. I, I, I never was worried about Jameis Winston off the field. Just hearing him talk, he just sounds like a born leader. Mm-hmm. And he, especially a young guy, he comes into school and just rallies them guys, wins the national championship. And even all this, every time I've heard this kid talk, he just sound inspiring. And I can imagine how guys on that team would want to rally behind a kid like that. I've, I told MG from the start, I don't, you know, I don't have a problem with Jameis. I mean, I don't know what kind of career he's going to have, but I, I would want to, you know, a guy like that to, you know, on my team. And he's seen, they've been saying since the beginning, he's been a hard worker. And him still in crab legs don't make me think he was going to be, you know, some kind of bad guy off the field. Now, you know what? When I'm looking at Winston and I'm looking at Prescott, um, I know Winston came in a year, a year or two before, a mm-hmm. uh, year before um, Prescott. But I'm looking at these two quarterbacks and what they had coming into the National Football League. And for that, you have nowhere to go but down. Mm-hmm. Winston, you at least get an opportunity to see how he handles adversity, which is something that Prescott, outside of dealing with the adversity of an in-game situation, you know, Winston had to deal with losing, you know, having losing seasons, coming to a program where you're dealing with a new head coach, uh, your, your, your safety blanket and your running back was hurt. You got Evans and, 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 you know, you have a passing game going, but the thing with dealing with this game that I like, uh, I like the Buccaneers defense, man. Yeah. You know, the Buccaneers defense is, is, is keeping those guys in there and, and hey, Tampa right now is just, is, they're tied. You know, they're tied and we, we're going to have to see what happens in the, in the next game. Cause I believe they have a, 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 I believe they got a stud of an opponent next, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And what about the Chargers? Chargers just out of the playoffs. They, they play the Saints next. So I don't know if Saints, but you never know what Saints team going to show up. Where's that game at? Uh, in New Orleans. The Tampa Bay Saints game is in New Orleans. Yeah. I think, well, we'll talk about picks and, and things of that nature. Um, but I still think that that's a banger, though, for the simple fact that you're dealing with a team that can put up, that can light the score. Yeah, it's never easy to go into New Orleans and win. Yeah. But the Chargers, I, I think it's pretty much over with for them. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a, I love Phillip Rivers. I mean, I've, I've been a Phillip Rivers fan since I've played against him in college. And, and it's just unfortunate that he can't get a team around him that can really showcase just how good of a quarterback he really is. And he doesn't help his his case by by throwing the interceptions that yeah. he throws. But, I mean, he's a quarterback that I want to play, that I want on my team. Yeah, I think it's time to get him out of there. Um, the Actually, that game is in Tampa Bay, my bad. It's in Tampa, okay. okay. Um, the Chiefs at the Falcons. <sighs> hmm. Chiefs and Falcons. I think I picked the um, Falcons in this game. I want to say we, we might, we probably all did. It was it was a shocker to me to see. I didn't think Kansas City was going to be able to go in there and into Atlanta and get a victory. I wasn't sure if their offense, if if Atlanta scored points, I wasn't sure if the Kansas City offense was going to be able to to score enough points to keep up right. with Atlanta. Right. But once again, you're talking about the Kansas City Chiefs, who is a very I'm gonna say a top five defense in the National Football League. 
the best part, the core, the, the backbone of your team, which is your defense, steps up and makes a critical play. You give up a touchdown, you take the two-point conversion back to the house, you win the game. That's a heck of a way to win the game. And that's also a horrible way to lose. I, I picked <laughs> I pick the Falcons in this game, too. And and I, I was impressed by Kansas City to be able to put up 29 points. Um, and 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 the the play the play of um the boy from Texas Barry Eric Barry man you know I me mean, to overcome what he's overcome and to make the two plays he made I mean they Atlanta Matt Ryan did what he had to do brought his team down and score and then trying to go for a two point conversion you got to be careful man you at the least you can't let a guy run it back you have to throw it out of the end zone even if you don't get it you're still up a point. And they got to, you know, now Alex Smith got to drive his team down the field. You gave the game away on a two-point conversion. And great play by Eric Berry, but Matt Ryan got to be got to be smarter than that. Yeah, it's definitely not something that that I thought. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? With the, that, this is a rules change that I like, you know? The, the, I like it too. I, I, I like that. You know, if yeah. you block a field goal, you can take it back for two. You know, moving the field goal back, the extra point back, I, those are rules changes that I like, but. Hey, I got to take my hat off to the Kansas City Chiefs. And and how about this? The Kansas City Chiefs are still in like contention to to actually have the playoffs go through them. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see how how I don't think it'll happen. I think it'll go through New England. Um but it's going to be interesting to see how this Chiefs team uh, finishes out. Yeah, boy Travis Kelsey is a beast, man. Yeah, he is. He is. And you know what Andy Reid if it's one thing that Andy Reid has his as a head coach, it's amazing to me how his tight ends and his running backs seem to be the go-to guys on his team. When he was in Philadelphia, uh, Westbrook was was Donovan McNabb's go-to guy. Mm-hmm. Um, when he was in Kansas City, you know, he he's just he just seems to always have tight ends in that offense that are just that just seem to ball out. So, um, you know, shout out to Andy Reid. I love what the Kansas City Chiefs are doing right now. It was an unfortunate way to lose the game for the Atlanta Falcons, but you have to put this game behind you and get ready for next week. I agree. Um, you got anything? I just, um, in hindsight, did um, Philly make the wrong decision letting him go? Letting Andy Reid go? Or did they just need a change? I think they needed a change, yeah. but I think Chip Kelly was the wrong way. I think Chip yeah. Kelly came in after Andy Reid, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. I think that was the wrong way to go. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I think that was the wrong way to go, but I think it was time for Andy Reid to, to to leave Philadelphia. Yeah, I I agree totally with everything you just said. It was time for Andy Reid to get out of there. He needed a change. Philadelphia needed a change. Um, they 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 won a division a lot of times, and you know couldn't couldn't get a Super Bowl. They got there, fell. It was just time for a change, and I mean he he, he didn't he didn't go to a bad place. The Lions at the Saints. <sighs> This game surprised me. Um, I'm surprised at the, the the showing that New Orleans put up at home. I'm used to when New Orleans play at home, they putting up a lot of points. And Matthew Stafford's been playing been playing great this year. I was really surprised by their defense and you know causing Drew Brees to throw three picks and hold them to 13 points. I I wouldn't I wouldn't have put my money on that at all. Drew Brees was forcing forcing the ball too much. Um, I was, I, I was surprised to, that, that Detroit, I think I picked New Orleans in this game also. I was surprised. Yeah, hey, all three of you did? Yeah, yeah, I was surprised to see Detroit go in there. I just didn't think that Detroit, I know Detroit has a, has a good offense. Yeah. A solid offense, I should say. I didn't realize that their defense is, their defense plays hard, man. Yeah. They defense plays hard. And, and 
I, I'm kind of salty with, with Matthew Stafford because I had him on my fantasy team. Uh, Tom Brady was my quarterback. So for the first four games, I was going with Matthew Stafford and he <laughs> wasn't, wasn't looking too good. But I tell you what, when you have Golden Tate and Anquan Bolden, that's a, that, that's a heck of a luxury to have. Yeah. And, I, and I'm very happy for Coach Caldwell out there in Detroit. Uh, you, you know, we talked about, you know, I think MG hit on it where African American quarter, uh, coaches get put in like the worst positions mm-hmm. when it comes to the National Football League. For him to come into a division where, where Green Bay, it clearly looks like, you know, Green Bay is a top dog. Minnesota is mm-hmm. building nicely. For, for Coach Carwell to be able to come in there and do what he's doing with the Lions, um, that's, 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 that's really impressive. And I, I just hope that they can finish this thing out and win their division because once again, that's a team that the Redskins need to, to win their division. Right. And, and on top of what you said, them losing Calvin Johnson. Yeah. And that made it, that it would appear to make it even harder on them, but you know, they've, They've, they've overcome that. Um, biggest play of the game is third and 10 and Matthew Stafford throws a 60 some yard touchdown to Golden Tate and, and um, it's just staggering how, how bad New Orleans defense is and they, they blame it on, they try to blame on Rob Ryan before. They, they've been worse <laughs> <laughs> since, since he left. It's, I don't know what's going on up there. You want to know something that's weird? I will put Golden Tate's NFL highlight tape up against just about anybody. He, some games looks like the best receiver who ever played the game, and then he'll have stretches of just four or five games completely disappearing. Mm-hmm. Like this game, that catch he had with one hand with the you know you couldn't even see the ball. Like that's amazing, and it's mm-hmm. been several times that he's made eye popping plays to shows that he's talent. And then uh, you know he spent the first five or six games of the season doing nothing. Yeah. You know, so it's it's really weird. Um, what's going on there? I, there was expecting a big year from him after. After Calvin Johnson left and, you know, he's starting to pick up later, but it was completely nowhere to be found at the beginning of the year. Anquan Bolden seems to be an ageless wonder. He's, um, he's awesome. You know, late in his career, he's still, he's still getting the job done. Yeah. Um, the, the Saints, I don't know. Just when you think, oh, you know, there's they're the same old Saints, you know, they're, they're blah, 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 and you get on, then they put up, excuse me, 13 points at home. Right. Next game. Rams at the Patriots. Good team versus the bad team. The good team won. Yeah, that's about it. Still, <laughs> Todd Gurley still can't, still can't get loose. I mean, Jeff, this game, Jared Goff looked like a deer in headlights for the majority of the game. 14 for 32 with two interceptions. I mean, a rookie quarterback versus Belichick, that's not going to end well. You don't have a chance. Um, yeah. I guess the biggest thing you want to say about this one, um, Tom Brady. The winningest quarterback of all time. DJ? Nothing. Good job. Good job, Tom. <laughs> I'm happy for you. Um, you know, but here, here, you know what? Let, you know, here's the story. Let, let, let's actually address this. We almost probably could have started off with this. Okay. They lost Gronkowski. Yeah. That changes a lot of things. There, yeah. you know, New England is a pretty much a plug and play team. You know, no one person is really all that important except for two people, Tom Brady. And, and, uh, and Gronkowski. They're the two guys that you don't just replace. You don't just replace Gronkowski. They went, they went without them guys. They don't win Super Bowls without them. They, they don't win every year. I mean, they, they started off winning without Gronk and without, um, Tom. They never won a Super Bowl without Tom Brady. I don't know what you're talking about. They've never won a Super Bowl without Tom. No, no, they haven't. <laughs> I said they, they also don't win one every year. 
Yeah, no, no. But the point but is, is that games. you don't you don't just keep moving without Gronkowski. That's 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 a big part of what they do. Gronk but they've also team you played on right, right, Lamont. Yeah, we won eleven five. Yeah, but Gronk wasn't on that team, was he? No. no. Yeah, no. They won before Gronk got there. I'm talking about yeah. now. Yeah. And with that offense, that team also had a Randy Moss and Wes Welker. They don't have Randy Moss and Wes Welker. They have Malcolm Mitchell, Damian Odola, and Julia Edelman. So, so basically, what you're trying to say, losing Gronk is nothing. I'm not saying it's nothing. It's it's something for Tom. I'm not saying it, it's nothing, but no, nah, it's, it's it's huge to lose Gronk. But I don't. I, don't, I feel like on that team, like you just say, you just feeling that they're they're going to win games. They might not win Super Bowls because you just not. They might not win one with them. To me, but, let me put it this way. I feel like they go from the favorite to win the Super Bowl. I don't think they're the favorite to win the Super Bowl without Gronkowski. I don't think they can be Seattle with, with or, with or without Gronkowski, but Gronkowski does hurt them. But I, I do just feel like if there's any team that Tom, Tom can go and they'll win. Gronk can go and they'll win because they've proven it. Have we ever seen them without Gronk to, to make that assessment that they can't win without him for an extended period of time? Gronk's been, Gronk's been hurt probably almost yeah. damn near every year. For yeah, I know, but he, he's, he's usually always back like for the playoffs or whatever. I don't think he's ever missed like postseason time, has he? Um, I feel like he has. I feel like he's been out for the year more than one time. And they make the playoffs every year, except for the year Tom Brady was out. They didn't right. make the playoff. So, um, I mean, he, he's just so, he's, he's so much of what they do. He's a, he's on a short list of NFL players that are just rare. You know, he's, he's the best tight end by a long shot and he's a walking mismatch. He's, you know, he's a giant amongst giants. And, um, you know, Bennett, who actually is a very good tight end, for some reason, when you, he has his, he doesn't do anything when Gronk's not there, which is really weird. And when I say he doesn't do anything, it's like they ask him to block a lot more than that. They don't ask Bennett to do the same things they ask Gronk to do. Well, this game, this in particular game, they didn't need him. No. I mean, they, they controlled the game. Um, they, they took what was open. I was referring to the first three games of the season. Oh, okay. When Gronk was out for, he missed what, the first three, maybe even four games of the season. Mm -hmm. And I, I know I owned Bennett for like two of them and he, he did literally nothing. And then of course the game I dropped him. He's when he had like his mind, like touchdowns, three touchdowns yeah. or something like that when he's on the waiver wire. Of course, that's how that turns out. Gronk's never, he's never missed the playoffs since he came into the, since he's started playing for the Patriots, since he came to the league, basically. He's never missed, he's never missed, missed the postseason. Okay. Uh, no. He finds his stuff quick, don't he? Sometimes. His, I mean, his, his, his stuff. He, well, yeah, what he wants, what he wants. <laughs> I know when I'm, when I'm, when I'm thinking about the Patriots, you know Fight what? Anyway. You, you lose Gronk. You, you, and that's a big blow, mm -hmm. but. At the end of the day, you have Tom Brady and you have Bill Belichick. So as far as I'm concerned, they're still the favorite to win it. And you, to me, just for the simple fact that there's no other team that you have Bill Belichick. Well, you, there's no other team that breaks down the opponent the way the Patriots do. There's no other team that makes you beat. There's no other team that makes you play outside of what you're comfortable playing with. Right. And as long as the game stay close, especially with that defense. Um, you know, Deion Lewis is, you know, he's, Deion Lewis is healthy. That's a guy. That's that, a big weapon to get that's back. A, that's a huge weapon to get back. So yeah, you lose Grunk, but now you, you bring in a guy that, hey, in open space, he's a problem. So now what you're giving is you're giving, you lose Grunk, but you get another weapon that's a heck of a lot faster that's going to create matchup problems for you just Absolutely. like Grunk did. And what it's going to come down to is this defense. And, and I tell you what, LeGarry Blount, LeGarry Blount, Blunt. You're going to have to carry the load. Absolutely. Somebody else is going to fill in. 
and they're going to find a mismatch, and it's going to be business as usual. You can play for you can play for them right now, Lamont, and and fill right in. And that's just how that's how it goes over there. You can play quarterback for them. <laughs> that's how it goes over Gladly there. Do that. <laughs> and um, I tell you what, less with Grunk being out, that means uh, Amadola is going to get more looks. Yeah, and and you know, mm-hmm. hey, he's no Grunk, but like, we can't sleep on him in that New England Patriots offense. Yeah. I'm liking Malcolm Mitchell. He's kind of uh appeared as Tom's, you know, deep threat sort closest thing he's had to because you know everything they do is underneath and you know quick passes. He's emerged over the last couple of weeks as as a as a legit down the field uh target. They were trying to use Chris Hogan as a deep threat, which is you know, I don't know, I guess you use what you have. But uh Malcolm Mitchell is Mitchell, excuse me, has shown has shown to be all right these last couple of weeks here. He got he got a Patriots name on his jersey. That's yeah. all that matters. All right, let's get to the uh, and and then while we're on that, the Rams, no matter how bad they are, and how Derek Fisher just keeps getting job security and and just keeps losing games. Jeff Fisher, Jeff Fisher, what I say? Derek, Derek Fisher. Fisher. Derek, Derek Fisher lost as a coach too. <laughs> yeah, he just got a contract extension. Yeah, inexplicably. Yeah, yeah. Un- unreal. Um, the Broncos at the Jaguars. More. I'm sorry. It's Broncos versus Jacksonville, so. Same thing we could say for the last game. Except for, the Denver needs to figure out that quarterback situation before these playoffs <laughs> roll around. Like, I mean, uh, you know the old saying, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have a quarterback. They don't have a quarterback. I thought Paxton Lynch was, was good. Um, I thought that draft pick would have been good for them. I thought he was going to start. Um, in his defense, um, I know the last time I checked, Jacksonville did have a, Top no, five passing yes, defense. Yes, yes, yes. So you know, I guess it's not as easy as it as it. You Both might of their corners appear. might end up in the Pro Bowl. Right, right. No, you no, you you're absolutely right. And Paxton Lynch looked really good in the preseason. I mean, not that that means anything. And I thought he was a good pick. But I mean, at the end of the day, he's still a rookie. Yeah. And um, you know, I mean, the, you everybody's not going to be Dak Prescott. So I'm not trying to say that Paxton Miller's career is destined to be. This is what he's going to be for the rest of his career. But the point is, the Broncos have a very good team, and they're built to win right now, and they're not prepared at the quarterback position. Whereas, though, I, if they were to start the quarter, if they were to start the playoffs tomorrow. If I'm John Elway, I'm putting the helmet on, and he gives them the best shot to win <laughs> based out of their quarterback stable right now. Yeah, I agree. They just they they, they still have potential to, to win the Super Bowl, but they're just a quarterback. Had they have if they had like a quarterback, it wouldn't be much to talk about. It'd be like. Just give them a Super Bowl, basically. The defense is good. So many times we've seen a team where the offense isn't that great, the defense is good, but one thing that all those teams have in common, that Baltimore team, that Bucks team, you know, consistently, they have a running game. Yeah. Denver doesn't even really have a running game. So you can't not have a good quarterback and not even have a solid running game. Yeah. You know, so essentially you just don't have any offense. Yeah. Well, you lost your starting running back. Right. One of the best, you know, I think he was a top running back in the National Football League. CJ Anderson? CJ Anderson. Um, but with that said, the Broncos have weapons. They do. Offensively, they have they do. weapons. And you're dealing with a young quarterback. You also have to think about this. This is, I want to say, is this year one or two removed from, from Peyton? One. This is year one removed from Peyton. We have mm-hmm. no idea how much of an influence Peyton Manning had on that offense. Mm-hmm. We have to remember that this was a team that the defense is what made you who you are. It wasn't Peyton Manning. It was right. the defense that made mm-hmm. you who you are. Mm-hmm. So as far as I'm concerned, the Broncos' offense is, is right on pace right now. You didn't expect the Bron- – it wasn't the Broncos' offense that people were talking about. You, mm-hmm. have, a dom- you have a year. kicker. You have a kicker. 
you have a kicker who who has a strong leg, and you have a defense that has a defense he, that has a a, a, a a rusher that strikes fear in everybody. Mm-hmm. And Vaughn Miller coming off of the edge, and hey, you know what? They played against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I expected the Broncos to win that, and I just don't see what more there is. But with the, this game. the difference is with 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 last year's different team is while they they wasn't playing great on offense, you just didn't know. There was always a fear that. They could have that game. I mean, the guy threw 55 touchdowns the year before. So you just didn't know when, okay, Peyton's going to be healthy today. He's going to be on today. And there was always that fear. He's still Peyton that. Manning. He's still Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew what their job was on offense. They knew what they were capable of. Mm-hmm. It just didn't happen. Their defense just took over last year. Their offense wasn't as good as it was the year before. This year, you just pretty much know that their offense isn't going to be good. I mean, Devontae Booker rushed, ran the ball 18 times for 35 yards. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty hard to do, man. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? That, 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 that's pretty hard to do. Um, again, more Blake Bortles, right? 42 pass attempts for 181 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. This dude is terrible. I, I heard a stat today that, uh, Bortles has, he has more, uh, career interceptions returned for touchdowns than he does. Say it again? Wins. I said I heard a stat today that Blake Bortles has more career interceptions returned for touchdowns than he does wins. Than he does wins? Yeah. Is that a fact? That's what I heard. 11 versus 10. He has 10 wins? That's what I heard. He definitely has more than 10 wins. Doesn't he? How many wins did they get last year? They got two this year. Maybe not. How long has he been a starting quarterback? That's possible. That I would hope not. That'd I mean, be, that's not. I mean, I don't. Does be, he have I mean, eleven pick sixes? Ja- you're coming off the quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like, I mean, really? Does does that even matter? <laughs> you have more interceptions than you have wins. No, 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 no. Interceptions return for touchdowns. So what? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> you're the quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars, dude. More pick sixes than wins. That's rough. That's hard to do, man. I mean, yeah, that is tough. Yeah. I mean, let's make sense. <laughs> that is tough. But we're talking about the quarterback Jeez. of the Jacksonville Drag Jaguars. So, I mean. Hey. All right, get to that next game. The Texans at the Packers. People keep sleeping on these Packers, man. I'm not sleeping on them. I mean. I'm sleeping on them as a team. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. He's, he's the best. He's the best in the business. Uh, Real, real quick, just to verify that. Three wins this first season. They went three and thirteen, five and eleven, and two and ten. So three, yeah. five, that's eight, that's ten. So is that ten wins? Ten wins. And he yeah. has eleven pick sixes. Yeah. Oh, that's definitely possible. Eleven pick sixes. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty. That that is bad. I want to say impressive, but that's not the right word. Yeah. Go ahead. Um. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, Packers. Aaron Rodgers is the man. Brock Osweiler is. We can't say it. Enough. He. Now, if you told me Brock Osweiler had more pick sixes than wins, I would surely believe that. I don't know if Brock throws a lot of pick sixes. I know he does. He's terrible, dude. Go ahead. Not a bad game for him. No, not for him, no. You finally, finally got your man in the end zone. Yeah. I mean, it was a meaningless touchdown at the end. I was sitting here watching it, and uh Black says, that's a meaningless touchdown. I said, it ain't meaningless if you own him in fantasy. I can certainly tell you that because yeah. he hasn't scored a touchdown in like 10 weeks. Yeah. So certainly wasn't meaningless then. You're more like it's about time yeah. for the few of us who are still even starting the guy. And that game that game was in a blizzard, you know. Yes. So I, w- I want to say I want to say Green Bay, you know, played a lot better. And they the last two weeks, they've been better on defense. Um, But I guess it's easier to defend 
when you're playing in, in this snowstorm. But Aaron Rodgers, it didn't affect him much. He still looked good. Jody Nelson connected for a touchdown. And they, they got a win that they needed. Yeah. Um, Houston is just, just really not much to talk about Houston. You just need a quarterback. I think you need to get a quarterback in there. Uh, you got Miller as your running back. Um, I really thought that Houston would, would, would feature him more, but like you hit on Slim, that weather plays a factor. And chances are a team that's coming up from Houston to go to Green Bay, uh, that's not <laughs> in that type of weather. Yeah. That's not going to fare well for you. No. That's not going to fare well for you at all. So, um, Green Bay is another team that, you know, I'm, I'm just looking at the Redskins. I think it's some games that, uh, you want the Green Bay Packers to win down here, here down the stretch. Um, Actually, Green Bay really doesn't matter. They play the Bears, Vikings, Lions, and then they play the Seahawks. But Green Bay's a team that, hey, you got to watch out for them. They may be third in their division right now, but they do have to play the Vikings. I mean, they do have to play uh, the Detroit Lions on the last game of the season. And That game can mean something. That game can mean something. The good part about it for Detroit is that that last game of the season is in uh, it's in Detroit. It's not in Green Bay. So, um, they can't figure out the running back situation over there in Green Bay for nothing. Yeah. I mean, you know, you lose your starting running back and Starks is just now getting back outside of that. I mean, Starks been back for maybe two or three weeks, but yeah, like two games, I think. The Texans waste. They're going to, they may still, there's as good a chance as anybody to win that division. I got yeah. Colts winning that division. I think the Colts are going to win that. Andrew Luck looked really good. Against that Jets team. All right, next game. Philadelphia at Cincinnati. I didn't see this game. I just was watching the score, and it just looked like Philly just basically didn't, didn't put up much of a fight at all. Carson went through 60 passes. I'd like to know what the record is for passes in a non-overtime game. That's got to be pretty close. I can I can 60. tell you who I think has it, maybe. Breeze? Stafford, maybe? That's a good guy. He has it in a season, so that's yeah, a good yeah. I mean, 60 passes is a lot of passes. And if you tell me a guy threw the ball 60 times, I'm going to tell you that that team lost. Is that correct, Boo? I mean, like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. people don't throw 60 passes yeah. and win. If like, you're telling me that you're a rookie threw the ball 60 <laughs> times, nine times out of 10, I'm going to say you lost. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that's not the recipe for, for success. Um, and you ran the ball 19 times. Now you did run the ball for 2.8 yards carry, but it sounds like you abandoned the run pretty now, early. Now, with that said, you're talking about at the end of the first quarter, the score was 10 nothing. End of the first half, the score was nineteen to nothing. So, yeah. when you get a no situation, yeah. you're definitely going to rent. You're, you're definitely going to abandon the, the the run game and throw the ball more. But either way, you don't want your rookie quarterback being in that situation. I think the Eagles, where they started off with a lot of promise, their season is over. They packed it up and it's it's done over there. At this point now, all you're doing is just it's the Carson Wentz uh, grooming period, yeah, yeah, development period right now. And these are just games to getting getting. Uh, you know, more more reps in for him and, you know, start preparing for the future. Go mm-hmm. ahead. Anyone, you have something you wanted to say? Uh, the record for attempts in the game is 70. Drew Bledsoe. Whoa. Bledsoe? Yeah. A bunch of people got 60, actually. 60 is a lot of passes, dude. Yeah. And especially in a, in a non-overtime game. And I bet you a lot of those guys, was, in, was it's Bledsoe 70, was it a win or a loss? Uh, it was a win. A win. win? Yep. 70 passes in the game. I'm surprised his arm didn't fall off. I'm about, I'm about to, 
I'm, I'm just about to, you know, just brag on LSU guys because I, I guess that, that Jeremy right Hill there, scored and LaFell scored. Jeremy Hill ran about 23 times for 33 yards. How do you how do you do that and and, and still win? That's rough. I, I saw that stat when it came on and I and I jumped out at me and I thought it was wrong and I went back and looked it up. I mean, twenty three. You ran the ball essentially twenty three times and got back to the line of scrimmage. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. So I mean, his long was seven, so that means you eliminate that, and he ran the ball twenty two times for twenty for uh, excuse me for twenty six time for twenty six yards. Like that's you essentially could have taken a knee. I seen he scored and just assumed he had a good game. No, that's rough. That is rough. At least he got an end zone, man. More touchdowns for LSU. Him and LaFell. Next one. <laughs> um, Miami at Baltimore. The, the Dolphins finally played a real team. And you know what? For, for the whole season, I've been saying the, the Falcons, excuse me, the Ravens aren't really a good team. I'm starting to believe the Ravens have a good defense, right? That's, I think we so caught up on the fact that Ray's not there, Ed Reed's not there, Suggs is old, so it just feels like it's not the same Ravens defense. But the truth of the matter is, is the Ravens have the number one defense in the NFL. They just do. Right. Um, the receiving core, now that, now that, uh, Perriman's, uh, back and healthy, uh, you know, Mike Wallace, Steve Smith, and Rashad Perriman, it's a pretty good receiving core. And Flacco, nobody at this table's a Flacco fan. The point is, is that, there's a question that every GM asks themselves at the beginning of the season. Is our quarterback good enough to win a Super Bowl with? And the truth of the matter is only eight, I believe, or nine can say we know for a fact our quarterback is good enough to win a Super Bowl. Because only eight quarterbacks in the NFL that are, or excuse me, maybe nine that have won a Super Bowl. And he's other, one of them. Other nine? Yeah. Hmm. You could Brady, Big Ben, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Flacco. Eli. Eli. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Right. Um, did I say, um, I say Big Ben? Yeah. You say Big Ben. Um, so there's seven. Okay. So there's seven. I might be missing one. Mm-hmm. There's seven, there's seven quarterbacks in the NFL right now who have won, uh, who have won a Super Bowl. Right? Yeah. So the truth of the matter is, is that Flacco is good enough to win a Super Bowl because he's done it. And if he, he's capable of pulling one of these, we've seen him pull these games out. They just don't happen that often, but, but he can, and he can get hot at any given time. And I think it's, it's time to start taking the Ravens serious. The problem with the Ravens that they've, that they've never had before is that ever since Ray Rice left, they've had no running game and their running game is just, is just flat out bad. It just is. Kenneth Dixon was young and he was supposed to be the answer. He's been, he was, uh, injured early in the preseason second. First or second preseason game of the of the year. I think he's on maybe a second or third game back, so maybe he'll be able to help. But uh, you know, the Raven if the Ravens get a running attack, the Ravens it's time to start taking the Ravens series. That's yeah. that's my point. They ran the ball pretty decent this game, but yeah, I'm I, I didn't think they were good at all, and they've they've been they've been good. I thought the Ravens were just quietly. I, I thought the Ravens were are right where they want to be. A team that nobody's really paying attention to. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the fact that uh, the New England Patriots, the Oakland Raiders, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Denver Broncos, all these teams, these are the teams that everybody's talking about. Nobody's really talking about the Ravens. And when you think about, if you, when you think back, uh, you said they had a better run game with Ray Rice. Um, a, I think they had a better offensive line back then than they do now. But that's still part of the running and, game. And um, 
at that time, Joe Flacco wasn't throwing the ball 47 times either. Mm-hmm. You know, they had more of a balanced attack, but you're going to put the ball in the hands of the man that you gave the money to. Um, so, you know, hey, Joe Flacco, four touchdowns, one interception with this wide receiver core, with that head coach and some of the players that they have. This is another team. This is a team that, hey, you got to be careful once you get to the playoffs because nobody's talking about them, but these guys have experience. They have a coaching staff that has experience. They have a quarterback that has experience. They have two dominant guys coming off the edge who have experience at getting to the quarterback. They may not be as physical or have that reputation for being as physical, but this is still a physical defense. And, and so that AFC picture, man, it's going to be really interesting to see how this thing plays out. I, I agree. They're, they have they have experience. It's a great word. They have a quarterback who's won a Super Bowl, and they have a head coach who's won a Super Bowl. And they have, there's a lot of players on that team that have won a Super Bowl, and they got good veteran leadership, and it's a good franchise. Um, I really just kept saying at the beginning of the season as they were beating – uh, you know, the Jets, a terrible, the Giants, terrible teams like that. No, I'm just messing with you. But you know, whether it was, um, actually lost to the Giants, excuse yeah. me. So the Jaguar, no, they started off the beginning with the Bills, the Browns, the Jaguars, and it was just like, wow, okay. Then they lost four in a row, but now they've beaten the Steelers, then back to the Browns. Um, they played the Cowboys really tough and held Zeke in, in check. They beat the Bengals and now they destroyed the Dolphins. They could be trouble. They, they, they could be trouble. I, I'm finally starting to give them the props they deserve. They could be trouble. The, the Dolphins, this is exactly what I thought. That the first time they played a real team, they would lose. I didn't think it would be this bad. I mean, because the score says 38 to 6. If you were watching the game, it was worse than that. Yeah. It was really worse than that. Taylor Hill looked awful. Um, it, it, it was a beating from, from the word go. Down 24 nothing at halftime. Anything you want to say, DJ? No. I mean, it's about time. I mean, they, I didn't think that Miami was just going to win out. I mean, they, they right. had to take a loss at, at some point in time. All right, what's the next one? Um, San Fran and Chicago. Blizzard. Um, Chip Kelly, man, I don't know what this dude is doing. I, I, I've, I've, there was some st- – uh, Kaepernick had five passing attempts <laughs> for four yards. Um, it was a It was a blizzard. Um, more drops for the Bears again. I don't know if they don't like Matt Barkley or something. It almost looks personal now, the way, mm-hmm. the way these guys drop the football. I mean, they drop the ball like we're talking about hitting you in the hands, hitting you in the numbers, and they're just dropping it like it's no tomorrow. Um, Jordan Howard, he looks, he's back to looking good. <laughs> Again, his game's played in the blizzard. Two god awful teams. Um, one just looked worse than the other. Kaepernick had been playing lights out up until before this. I mean, he's, He's born in, from Cali, went to college in yeah. Arizona, and, you know, he doesn't play well in the snow. Once I seen the snow, once I seen the snow, I was like, them California boys ain't got a chance. Yeah, and, and they didn't. I don't, but I still, I still don't understand why, cause for a long time, like, he's still one for two. <laughs> right. Why, why is he throwing a ball at all? These are just two teams who suck. Mm-hmm. One of them is a franchise that I think has a head coach that's not going to be in the NFL when he loses the San Francisco job. And I believe, is it Fox that's in Chicago? Mm-hmm. I think you just got to give him a year or two. He'll get that he'll, he'll get that franchise turned around. I think he's done a great job everywhere he's gone, uh, everywhere he's been. Um, what do you do with the quarterback situation? Where In Chicago? Yeah. Uh, you go another direction. I think right now you build your defense. I think you try to get back to what had the Chicago Bears at one point at the top of, of their division. That's what they're known their for. Defense. They're known for defense. That's the spirit of the Chicago Bears is that they have a solid defense. But when you say go the other way, you, 
draft a quarterback or a free agent? I think, uh, to be honest with you, I think that you invest your money in your defense. And offensively, you just, you try to build through the draft and you try to build through free agency. I mean, I'm, I'm, if Chicago can get a defense, all right, you got some young running backs over there. Mm-hmm, not a running I mean, back. Yeah. Granted, you got, you got wide receivers that couldn't catch water if they were on a Titanic. <laughs> but that's what I mean by building. You know, build your defense up first. Put yourself in a position that you can compete because you're talking about green, you're in a division with Green Bay's defense, Minnesota's defense, now Detroit's defense. You need your defense to step up, and there's so many bad quarterbacks in the National Football League right now. I think the best thing that you can do is just hope that somewhere through, I hope that somewhere you could get a draft pick, but if you can't get a draft pick, see if you can find somebody in free agency that, that can come in there and just won't lose games for you. Ryan Fitzpatrick will be available. Well, you, that would just be <laughs> stupid. Like, I mean, the moves that the Jets make, man, and I, I just can't stand it because I, I, I hate it for the Jets fans. And when the Jets had Mark Sanchez, I just, I was, ugh. yeah, it was, it was just terrible. And and Fitzpatrick is just terrible. Yep. You never should have drafted Geno Smith with that pick. I mean, you're just making some terrible decisions. And 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 San Fran has a situation on their hands that they need to get Chip Kelly up out of there. And with Chicago Bears, I just give them another two years before. Before they, they, they start to. Chip Kelly's toxic, dude. He, he, the longer you let him at your program in the NFL, it's, it's bad news. He brought a system to the National Football League that was not going to last more than three years. And I have been, I said it when they started doing this read option stuff. All it's going to take is for one quarterback to get hurt and people want to stop doing it so much. Now you see the read option. If I got Russell, yeah, I'm okay with read option. He's short. He knows how to run the ball. He's smart. He knows how to take care of himself. And it's not something that they feature all the time. Mm-hmm. But in Chip Kelly's offense, I mean, I just think the game is just too big for Chip Kelly. When you're a college coach and you're coming into a locker room with grown men, you better have a coaching staff that's going to support you. When Lane Kiffin came in, he had Tom Rathman on his on his squad. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a running back. I got Tom Rathman as my running back coach. What am I going to say? You know, the offensive line, you got Tom Cable. He's the offensive line coach out there in Seattle. What am I going to say? You got guys around you, and as the head coach, if you don't have a coaching staff, already you're not respected by guys in the National Football League, especially the vets, because we, they just don't believe that your offense is going to succeed in the National Football League. You saw what he did in Philadelphia. If I'm a player on the 49ers and I had to, and Chip Kelly was coming there after what I just saw, what he did to, to, to the Eagles, I'm not trying to be there because I already <laughs> know what's, I'm not interested in being there because I know what's, I know what's going to take place, and it's just, you know, it's unfortunate. Kaepernick hurt himself by showing that he can't play in cold weather. You got to play in cold weather as a quarterback. And if you can't play in cold weather, basically you didn't cut your options in half. Well, he didn't get a chance. He, he didn't throw the ball. Well, I'm just saying. At all. But he, he, that's the situation that I don't know what's going on there. But if I'm Kaepernick. He looked bad in this four. I mean, he was only I mean, one for four, but. Yeah, he so he couldn't live with so bad. He didn't even, I mean, he one didn't. For four. One for and four. And and one for five and you're Kaepernick. Every, and you're under a microscope. Everybody's looking for a reason not he's, to bring He's, he's, he's not making them calls to, to run, to, to make, to do running plays the whole game. No, yeah. he still completed one of his five passes. Yeah, but that's yeah, and he was one and for fumbled. two for a while. Yeah, he did Can't fumble, but I mean, when, at, at a point, we're third and long in the snow. Yeah. I mean, what you expect? I'm two bad teams. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I do think, uh, Boogie's probably right about that, though, that in a free agent year next year, and you're going to be looking, if I'm the Bears, if I'm New England, if I'm, if I'm one of those teams that plays in a cold weather place, Buffalo, I'm looking at him like, yo, is this going to be a problem? I mean, we play a lot of cold games and 
you know, it wasn't cold. It was a blizzard. It was different than playing in the well, cold well, weather. It's that's fine. Literally snowing well, and sliding all right. around. The but field. it's going to be a lot of that in certain was places. Was it snow stick? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it was not. It wasn't it was accumulating. Sticking. It wasn't accumulating. But was it sticking? Could you see it? On it was. Yes. The field was white. Yeah. Where was the game at? Chicago. It was cold. Both. It oh, was yeah. cold. It was freezing. <laughs> so you got to show that you can play. Played in Chicago in the cold. Yeah, it's but I'm, freezing out. But there. being cold, it was different from being cold. It was also snowing. So now everything's slippery. The ball's slippery. It's not just cold. Yeah, but there's quarterbacks who didn't, it didn't bother, uh, Matt Barkley. Didn't he have to go, didn't he go and win a game in Green Bay or was that in San Francisco, that playoff game? I believe, I, I, for some reason I want to say it was in Green Bay. Yeah. You're talking about uh, that, that the spectacular the game. Yeah. yeah. You mean the year that they had arguably one of the best defenses in the National Football League? No, he no, the year we he, 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 he had like 170 rushing yards. Now, hold on, hold on. Now, let me ask you this. Who was the head coach? Harbaugh. Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh. His mm. offense, everywhere he's gone, his mm. offense has been hard to stop. But that boy played out his mind. He did play out his mind, but he played for a coach that put him in, in Absolutely. position. You had yeah. Frank Gore, you had Anquan Bolden. Mm. I mean, he had weapons around him, and he had a coach that put him in positions that played towards his strength. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think we spent a whole lot of time on yeah. Two bad teams. Two terrible teams. I've been ready to <laughs> go. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Next one. Buffalo at Oakland. Oakland. Buffalo looked like they were about to handle for this, and, the, and then yeah. they just came out and scored – it just couldn't stop. I think it was 29 points in a row on unanswered. They hit, see that, that's my problem with Buffalo and a couple of these other teams. Like I, while I like Tyrod Taylor and a couple of these other guys, I feel like when you get into shootouts, Tyrod Taylor is not the guy. You, you know what I mean? So that's why when it, we talked about Minnesota and it's like, no matter how great your defense is, I think certain teams just cap out at a certain number. And for Buffalo, I don't think you're going to have a game where Tyrod Taylor throws for five touchdowns and 400 something yards. That, that's just not what he, that's just not what he's built for. And that's not what the Bills are built for. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you tell me that the Bills are going to give up 38 points, I can almost assure you they're going to lose. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to put them on the same level as Minnesota. No, 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 hell no. No, but no. I, I agree with you saying they're not going to, they're not going to be able to, you know, get in a shootout with, with, with Oakland. Mm-mm. And that's once the game turned into, you start getting in the 30s, you know, Tyrod Taylor and them said, this is my stop. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to get, I'm going to get off right here. 24 is about, sounds about right. Uh, you know, 109. That's what he does. 90, 101. You know, you're going to get 200, low 200 passing from him, mm-hmm. a solid running game from him, one, maybe two passing touchdowns. And then, that, and that's it. And it's just rare that you see, see a team rush for 212 yards on seven yards of carry and, and still lose the game. Yeah. They ran the ball. But the other team ran for 200 yards. No, I mean, no, you're yeah. talking about, excuse no. me, Buffalo ran Buffalo for 212. Buffalo ran for 212. Right. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, they ran for 212. They ran the ball well, but running the ball well is not going to get you shootouts. You know, again, like we said, when we're talking about shootouts, you can't be like, man, you know, we're running the ball well. Dallas don't get in shootouts. They pound you running the mm-hmm. ball. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. But you can't give up, I mean, 38 points also. Yeah, I don't think more times than not, Buffalo's not going to give up 38 points. But that's just my... That's the reason that it's hard to buy into Buffalo because I don't think that they're built to handle a lot of these high-scoring games. Yeah. Lamont, anything you want to say? Um, nothing there. Good job by the Raiders. Uh, the offense just continued to show that they're definitely one of the top three most dangerous offenses in the, in the National Football League right now. And the thing that I like about it is that they had 32 carries for 132, 339 yards, which shows me that they're committed. That, that they, they were committed to it. They didn't put everything in, in, in Carr's hands. Next one. 
Giants at Pittsburgh. Guys ran into a bus, all right. I mean, what did you guys win? Six in a row? Five in a row? Six in a row. Six in a row. Mm-hmm. Ran into a hot team at home. Yeah, basically. I mean, good team at home. Excuse me. Maybe not even hot, but a good team yeah. at home. Ran into a team that that needed a game more than we did. They was at home. Um, no, Eli Manning, he 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 zones out. You know, every now and then. it was some key plays. I mean, in the end zone, Eli Eli throws an interception again. Uh, we had we got a fourth and one in the end zone, which I felt we should have. If we was gonna go for it, run the ball. We tried to throw a pass. We lost the downs. That could be 14, but at least six points right there. And, you know, that, you know, makes with Eli's turning the ball over. And, you know, there you have it. We couldn't check their tight end all night. We ran the ball 13 times, man. Like, that's – when I watch the Giants games, Eli's not good enough for you to turn – nobody's really good enough to do – I don't want to say nobody, but you don't want to see – if the quarterback's name isn't Rodgers or Brady, like I don't, I don't want to see a three to one pass to run ratio. You know what I mean? You can't become one dimensional. We've been doing, we've been, we've been doing that all year. Yes, and we, you have. We've been winning, but, but you know, you just can't turn the ball over. Basically, we just made some bad decisions in the red zone. Anything to say, Lamont? Um, no. I mean, Pittsburgh, you just have no idea what you're getting from Pittsburgh. And like Slim said, you know, you know, Eli. Eli, he's he's making some critical. He's making some big errors down the stretch, and that's not something that he did early on in his career, especially when you're talking about the uh, the two Super Bowls. Um, the Giants somehow have to find a run game. Yeah. You have to find a run game somehow, yeah. and, and and until you do, I don't. I just don't see. And, and now you're talking about uh, uh, was it Jason Pierre and Paul? Or something yeah, like that? that was huge. He he yeah. lost him in the second in I the mean, second quarter. We lose lost him. him, and he may be gone. I mean, he might be gone for the season. Really? I uh, I they talking hear. about he's going to see a specialist about his groin. So, and yeah. we're talking about a groin. I mean, and, and as a pass rusher, the three point stance being able to explode out, and you're talking about a guy. So now you got a bad groin. You only really have one hand. Mm-hmm. So you are. I mean, that that hurts the Giants because he's like he. I mean, he he. I'm happy for him the way he came back. Um, just with, from the fireworks situation, he's mm-hmm. still out there playing. He's balling. Yeah. And for the Giants to lose him along with not having a, a, a rushing game. And you got the Dallas Cowboys coming up this week. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, it's kind of tough. DJ, let me know what you think of this statement. I like, I feel like the Giants and Ravens mirrors. I feel like Flacco, Eli mirrors. Agree or disagree? I disagree. In what way? I disagree with with Eli and Flacco being, being mirrors. I think Flacco's strength is, you know, Flacco just has a, a strong arm, and he's he relies on that. He, but Eli, Eli can make throws. Eli sometimes does really stupid things, and I think sometimes his his retardedness makes him make plays, and sometimes it hurts us. But when Eli's on, Eli's on, and Eli he can be be one of the most clutch quarterbacks in the league, also. And I, I feel like that's exactly what I feel like you described Flacco. I feel like Flacco makes a lot of bad plays when Flacco's on. Flacco has the best postseason uh, run in NFL history. So when he's clutch and his and his NF, and his uh, playoff record is is a, is very well too. So I, I feel like both of them are you aside from when they're they're mediocre quarterbacks mm-hmm. a good amount of the time. 
But when they're getting going and it's playoff time, they can play at a high level. Well, I don't know. Eli, Eli has, has, has some records out there that, you know, passing yard and touchdowns and I don't know if Flacco would ever reach that. What do you mean records? Like what? Um, I don't, I don't know offhand, but, but I've, like I've seen, I've seen some. Flacco's Super Bowl run was 13 or 14 touchdowns with no interceptions. Never been done. One interception, never been done. Like it was ridiculous. Whatever the number was, it was ridiculous. You think about all the years in the, the NFL has been playing. It was like I'm four to touchdown, four career. touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, I'm not talking about a, a, a stretch run. I'm talking about over career. Like I've, I, I've seen, I've seen. If I don't know how many yards Eli has, maybe he had like forty thousand yards or something like that. He's in a he's in an elite club with with a lot of his numbers. Yeah, but he's played a lot longer. Yeah, and availability too. He's leading in starts too. Yeah. I mean, what do you think, Lamont? I think he's better than Flacco. What do you think, Lamont? Um, I think they both benefit from good defenses. Mm-hmm. I mean, it comes down to it. Eli, at one point, he what he did in the fourth quarter was remarkable. Um, but I think Flacco was the more consistent over the course of the game. Our, our defense was horrible last year. And Eli, his last two years, has been his best statistically as far as not throwing interception and completion percentage. That's why they kept McAdoo. The last two years, he's been a lot better. This year, he's reverted to some more of the, 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 the turnovers that we've seen years prior. Hey, A1, can you pull up, um, Flacco's career Q, Q, uh, what do you call that? Quarterback rating versus, uh, Eli's quarterback rating? Would you need to go now? Okay. Go ahead. Let's, uh, can you pull that up for me? Uh, go back. What do we got right here? This one. Uh, Lamont, before you get it, what was, how long you got? Okay. Um, Redskins, Cardinals. This is your specialty, Lamont. Redskins, Cardinals. I said it. You can't sleep on the Cardinals. You can't sleep on the Cardinals. Larry Fitzgerald is Larry Fitzgerald. Um, I think the Redskins did a better job of, of, some of those guys manning up and actually putting themselves in position. But coming into the game, what did I say? You have to be able to stop the running back. Good luck with that. I mean, he's a monster. Missing Jordan Reed was huge, man. I mean, but you know what? Missing Jordan Reed was huge, but this Arizona defense, to, as far as I'm concerned, they controlled the Redskins offense. They were pushing that offensive line back, and it looked like they were doing it the entire game. This game came down to Arizona wanted it more than the Washington Redskins. That's what it came down to. They were a the more physical team. Um, their players made plays. I mean, if I'm the Redskins, Johnson had more rushing yards and more receiving yards. He had more rushing yards and more receiving yards than your top rusher and your top receiver. As He's a, a bad defense, boy, though. But yeah. what I'm saying as a defense, how do you let that happen? You don't let that happen as a defense. You're talking about that probably hasn't been done since uh Westbrook and 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 um and, Falk? and, and no West when Westbrook was with Donovan McNabb. Yeah. He was Donovan he was McNabb's go to guy. Um I said it, you cannot sleep on the Arizona Cardinals. Um the Redskins went into Arizona and I think this game came down to Arizona was just was just more physical than the Washington Redskins. And that's I mean that's pretty much what it comes down to. Kirk Cousins, one touchdown, one interception. He had a fumble. Um, yeah, you miss Jordan Reed, but I think the thing that's really hurting Redskins is that you don't have a, you, you don't have a, I love Vernon to death. 
All right. But I don't think that he's a blocking tight end. And right now, what's hurting the Redskins offense and hurting the consistency of their, of their run games, they don't have a blocking tight end. Mm-hmm. You don't have a tight end that, put it this way. You don't have a tight end that if J.J. Watt was lined up for, uh, across from you that, hey, I feel confident that I'm going to go ahead, I'm going to let you go ahead and bang it out with J.J. Watt. No. All right? You don't have that on your team. There, And I'm sure people are probably hearing this and saying, well, I don't know if there's too many tight ends that you would. I can name a couple of them that if you put J.J. Watt or some of the best defensive ends, that they can they can, they can can hold their own. The Redskins don't have that tight end. Um both of their tight ends are pass catching tight ends. Their, both their tight ends are pass catching tight ends, and when your when your tight ends are pass catching tight ends that are a liability in the run game, it's going to hurt you offensively. I I, I thought that. Go ahead, DJ. I, I thought that. Um, I'm not. I, I feel I've been saying for weeks. I feel like the Cardinals are taking a huge step backwards, and they're not the team they were last year. Um, they appeared good this game to me. I made this more about the Redskins than the Cardinals. And that I think it was a good test for the Redskins, and I think it's just a test that they didn't pass. That's what I just make it about. You know, this was a team that was that is good on paper and can win, and and they did. You know, but many other teams this year, the majority of the teams that they played, obviously have beaten them. The Cardinals, that is, and the Redskins just weren't weren't able to do that. Um, I'm, I'm making more about the Cardinals. I still think the Redskins is a good team. Um, they miss Reed, but I think Brandon Davis has been having a Really good year. I think what Arizona Cardinals is still a good team that's just been playing bad and mm-hmm. largely because Carson Palmer. All they mm-hmm. needed Carson Palmer to do is not stink. And as many times as you can get the ball to David Johnson, get him the ball. And that's exactly what they did. 18 carries and nine receptions. And you, and you, at the same time, you get 10 receptions from Fitzgerald. They, they were moving the chains. They were. Redskins. <laughs> I looked at their upcoming games. Up. I, 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 they got a, you know, they got a, a bad Bears team. They got a Carolina team that might have already packed it in. And yeah, the rest of their schedule is not, not, not. It doesn't look that hard. hard at all. Right. It doesn't look that hard, but I think they're in good I shape. I don't care who they play. No, I mean, Redskins need help. The last mm-hmm. game no, no, they still yeah. need help. Need help. Yeah. You went from controlling your own destiny to mm-hmm. now you need help. Mm-hmm. You can't lose another game. Um, and defensively. You know, we could say, oh, it was all about the Cardinals, this, that, and the third. You can't allow an offense to go 10 for 16 on third down conversions when they're converting 5, 5, 6, 7, 12, 13. You can't give that up. Yeah. And so as, as much as we want to talk about the Arizona Cardinals, and again, we said, I talked about this at the beginning of the season with the Washington Redskins. When you're breathing, all right, and you have a problem, any type of problem with Josh Norman, being signed here and getting the big bucks, you better darn sure show up. <laughs> and he seems to consistently show up for the other teams. And everybody wants to talk, oh, well, the Redskins, they keep playing them off. Well, maybe because when you play him up tight, he gets beat. You can't have that. You cannot have that. You can't let a team go 10 for 16 on third downs. Um, and, and hey, Carlson Palmer, 30 for 46, 300 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and they only sacked him twice. If they You're can get that from Carson Palmer, they'll, they'll win. They'll, they'll win like we expected them to win yeah. at the beginning of the year. Like you said, you can't sleep on Arizona. Their record isn't, isn't, you know, who, who they really are, who they, who they could be if they play mm-hmm. to their potential. And it starts with Carson. Mm-hmm. And they have a head coach, once again, 
can you get the best out of your players, especially when it matters? And that's what happened. He got the best out of his players. Your offense went 10 for 16 on That's third what Carson Palmer conversion. did last year. This is the Carson Palmer game from last year. 300 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Right. That's what he did last year. Right. It, it's almost like Carson Palmer is two different people. You know what I mean? He's a doc, he is Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Heidi. He's capable of throwing three touchdowns. He's also capable of throwing three interceptions. Go ahead, next one. Kalan SEL. Um, it, you almost want to say the game was done from the start. Uh, Lamont, do you have an opinion on the whole, uh, certain tie thing? Or the tie, the Cam Newton being benched for the, for not having us putting on a tie? I mean, that's going to happen. <laughs> you got team rules. You need to follow. That's just what it comes down to. And what we don't know is we don't know what has, we don't know the behind the scenes mm-hmm. things yeah. that has led to, to that. that. And I like what the head coach did. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you Cam Newton or not. You're not playing well. No. You're the leader of the quarterback. You're not doing good. Yeah. You continue to show in situations that, yeah, you're a pal and you'll get sad and you'll sit there and do it. Look, you, come on, dude. For me, that's, that's not much about nothing. One possession is nothing. It, was, it should have been three plays and out, which could have been the same case if Cam was on the field, end up being an interception on the first play was really hurt. It wasn't Dirk Anderson's fault, but if you really want to make an example, sit him for the half at least or sit him for the game. Like, sit him for a possession. For a tie? Well, if you're going to set him at all. Jesus. If you're going to set him at all, <laughs> you, if you're trying to make an example. In college, no, man? You, no, yeah, you but if you're trying to make an example, one possession no. doesn't make a difference. No, that one possession does make a difference. You want to know why? Because people are talking about it. Mm-hmm. That's and all they're doing. And then what it does is now you get a chance to see how your leader responds to that. They can go three and out regardless with Cam or with Derek Anderson. And it's the same. I think you send a message for, for a team that just played in the Super Bowl last year. Mm-hmm. Now you where, now you're where you are. Let me tell you something about that head coach over there. He's, he ain't no slouch. Right. This man was a baller. Mm-hmm. All right. He don't have time for this millennial BS crying and, and I want attention on me. He don't have time for that. I'm with the you, Carolina man. Panthers did not make it to the Super Bowl off of that principle. Mm-hmm. It's we're going to be a hard nosed team. We're going to show up. We're going to play for four quarters. We're going to have a defense that smacks you in your mouth. What we need is for our quarterback to be our leader. Yeah. Now, people, we're going to be hard on Cam. Cam, this is what happens. All right, this is just the reality. When you dress the way you dress, when you make comments, when you make pout, when you're pouting, when you're doing all these things, this is the reality of what comes with it. So, yeah, you got benched for the first drive. All right. Now, did it did it hit him with his paycheck? I don't know that. We don't know. Now, I know this much. Try that with Bill Belichick. Try it with Bill Belichick and see what happens. Yeah, you're going to sit out a quarter. You're going to get your check and you're going to be missing some dollars, thousands. Okay. And if you don't get your act right, guess what? Nine times out of 10, you're going to be gone. Mm-hmm. The, the Seahawks lose Earl Thomas, which is, that's pretty big, man. That's pretty big. Huge. Yeah. That, that, that's huge. Uh, you know, that, that's, there, there's so much about their defense. Now they scored 40 points, which sounds like, you know, this juggernaut of an offensive barrage, but it really wasn't. You, you know what I mean? Like, uh, Russell Wilson threw for 200. He had one touchdown pass. Uh, you know, Rawls had one long run. Lockett had one long run. You know, it, it, it wasn't what you would think it was in terms of the offense just exploding. There were, there were big plays. Yeah. But that's what exploding offenses are, big plays. And I, I mean, I thought the play to Lockett was, was a great play. Mm-hmm. Um, Rawls ran the ball well. Russell played well. I thought they, they did what 
more than what they needed to do against a Carolina team who we felt like was like in the same boat as Arizona where any one of these games they can turn back into, you know, the Carolina that we that we've seen them be. And Seattle just kind of stepped in their neck and it's they they had a big loss um losing Earl Thomas. I know Dallas is happy Looking to see chops. that one. Yeah. Um but that's I still think they're good. There's a lot so, to be said about the Carolina and Cam's not what he was last year in office. That defense is even nowhere close to what they were last year. Like nowhere close. And Josh Norman gets a lot of the praise for it. They're, they're missing, I believe it's seven starters from last year. So mm-hmm. let's not make it all about Josh Norman. Right. And they get zero press on the, uh, on the quarterback. Right. Last game, the Monday night game, the thing, the story this morning that everybody's getting is the Jets quit is essentially what they're saying. And just a poor performance. I've seen several former NFL players on TV today going on record saying that was just despicable. Yeah, just literally despicable. Yeah. It was it was terrible. That to was see. embarrassing. Yeah, I mean it was terrible to see. Andrew Luck was Andrew Luck. He looked good. If he's playing that way, Andrew Luck in that pocket, man, he looked good last night. Yeah, he worked that pocket. But if you're the New York Jets, I mean, it, I'm the New York Jets. You know what I'm happy about? I'm happy we didn't uh, cave on that Fitzpatrick. Uh, because this could be worse. This could be that you guys signed this guy for three years mm. and a and a boatload of money, which is what the fans were screaming for. You know what? We could talk all we want to about Fitzpatrick. That team quit. Mm-hmm. It looked like the entire team quit. You're a national. I mean, you're playing in the National Football League. You got to put up a better effort than that. I mean, they were just giving up plays, and it just seemed like nobody really cared. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least I mean, if you're going to get blown out, at least show you care, compete. I mean, I. My whole thing was if you're not going to go out there and compete, fake an injury. Yeah. If, you're a star- if, you're, if you're a starter, fake an injury. I would rather go to war with a guy that's going to actually compete. He may miss some, some assignments, but at least he's going to fight than to be out there with a bunch of guys who are just out there. And it looked like that's what the Jets were dealing with yesterday. They were literally – you hear the phrase all the time, walk-in touchdown. This wasn't a phrase. They were literally walking into the end zone yeah. because nobody was even chasing them. Yeah. You know, people were literally just standing there watching them. You know, it's like, that's not a good look. And you know what's coming after that? That coach is gone. Like, I mean, that's. It was, was, was interesting. I seen last night watching this game. Um, they, they, they just, you guys see, they put up the top four quarterbacks in their first 66 games, like throwing touchdowns. It was like, it was Dan Marino, Aaron Rodgers, Andrew Luck, and Johnny Unitas. Um, I think Andrew Luck might have had like one, like four, 24. He might have been like second. Dan Marino's like 160. Something. <laughs> Dan Marino's like 40 some touchdowns away and, from and the, the most, the most impressive crazy. thing about Dan Marino is that his numbers are not today like today's numbers are inflated. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, so it's like yeah. when 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 Tom Brady threw for 50 something touchdown and when Peyton Manning threw for 50, like the next guy was right behind him. Yeah. It was like four guys threw when when. The year Dan Marino threw for 50 some touchdown? 48. It was. Uh, 48. Yeah. The next guy, that's when everybody else was throwing for like 20. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, that's how far ahead he was in his stuff. Like, he was, right. he was definitely, whereas though, if you would adjust his numbers for today, it'd be like 80 touchdowns. Right. For a long time, even, even, cause I was a fan of him and Joe Montana, even when Joe Montana's winning Super Bowls, I always felt like, just, just from the eye test, I felt like Dan Marino was better. Yeah. I, absolutely. Go ahead, Boogie. I know you got to get out of here. Give us your, you got your picks. No, I'm trying to bring it up. What did MG ask you to look up? Was it the the Eli or yeah. Kibbe for for? Did you get him? Yeah. What what was Flacco's and what's uh Eli's? For career, right? Yeah. Um, Flacco's is eighty four point six and Eli's is eighty three point nine. 
Told you. I knew they would be like identical. So 80, well, Eli well, which throws one was better? more interceptions. Flacco's was 84 and Eli's was 83. Yeah, 84.6 for Flacco, 83.9 for Eli. So e- Eli throws so many more interceptions, it's going to bring his rating down. But he also, what, 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 you didn't look at the yards, did you? Like yards and touchdowns. Eli's played like drastically more than him, longer than him. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I, I can't look at it right. I don't think Flacco, I mean, cause, cause Flacco took over a, a, a team that was mainly known for their defense. He wasn't asked to do much. Mm-mm. Eli was asked to do a lot more. He's the number one pick. You ready? What? What's yeah. wrong? No, no, I was, I was on the wrong. Um, go ahead. Give me the teams. Um, Oakland at Kansas City Thursday. Oh, that's because it's my favorite. I was always wondering why that starts sure. right there. Because okay. it's my favorite. Uh, Oakland, Kansas City. Where's the game at? In Kansas City. Yeah. Give me Kansas City. I'm going Kansas City on that. I, I got to go Kansas City on that. Yeah, I want you guys on that. What's next? New Orleans at Tampa Bay. In Tampa Bay. I'm gonna go with I'm, I'm gonna go with Tampa. I'm gonna go with Tampa. I'm gonna go with Tampa too. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put some faith in these boys. Like you said, I I pick against my team damn near every week. So <laughs> time to get on train. Which you know what that means now, right? They're gonna lose. They're gonna lose. But <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys on this. So that's three for Tampa. Pittsburgh at Buffalo. Pit. Pit. Mm. Yeah, Pittsburgh. Denver at Tennessee. Denver. Give me Tennessee. Hey. I, I want to go with Tennessee. <laughs> I'm going to go with Denver, though. I'm just going defense. I'm going to go defense. Washington at Philadelphia. Washington. Washington. I think Philly's mailed it in. Yes, Philly's mailed it in, yeah. Um, I mean, Washington. Yeah, Ari- Arizona at Miami. Cardinals. Arizona. Arizona. San Diego at Carolina. Now, like I said it, now I'm interested to see what Cam and Carolina do. Now that it's over, I want to see if they mail it in. That, that, I'm really interested to see what they do. And I'm, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and I'm going to go with Carolina, but I think we're going to find out real quick what, what Cam's about. I'm going to go Chargers. I'm a fellow Rivers fan and I'm just going to go with the Chargers. I don't care for even one of these teams at all. Um, I feel like they got to respond. Carolina for me. Cincinnati at Cleveland. There's talks about the boy coming back and playing, and I hope he does. I, I, if he doesn't play, I, I don't see why there's even – move the team. Like, I don't – you know, like they're, they're just bad. Um, I hope he plays. What boy? Uh, RG3. He sounded so unimpressed. He's like, I thought it was something exciting. I thought it was somebody who actually is relevant. It's a, it's a quarterback. They don't have anybody. He's a quarterback that's irrelevant. He's, he might not be that good. He's relevant. He's irrelevant. I was going to say, what you, but you, you made the argument that, um, Kaepernick should have stayed out this season. Might have hurt his draft stock a little bit. Um, you don't think the same thing could happen to RG3? I think RG3 should have never went to Cleveland. I don't think anybody can, in their right he, mind that you you should go to Cleveland. Can he make anything better by coming out for Owen? What are they Owen thirteen yeah, yeah, now? Yeah, 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 yeah. He needs he needs to he do something. needs to he needs to he needs to play three consecutive football games. Yeah, <laughs> you know that I mean it's I don't know the last time that's happened. So he needs to. 
with that being said, who, who are the teams? Cincinnati. 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 Yeah. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yeah. I'm not playing on games with RG3. Yeah. Chicago at Detroit. 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 Yeah. Houston at Indianapolis. This is for the division right here, man. Colts. Yeah. Give me the Colts. I, I think luck got some. While the Jets did nothing, what they might have done is, is boost some confidence over there <laughs> in Indiana. They did, didn't they? Yeah. I'll go with Indiana. Hmm. The winner of this game wins the division. Yeah, and that sucks. That one of them got to be one of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rock or luck, DJ? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's not that simple. Pretty much what it comes <laughs> it's really not that. I, I've tried that logic before. <laughs> it lost terribly. Uh, but I, I'll, I'll take I'll take the coast. Okay. Minnesota at Jacksonville. Give me Minnesota. Minnesota. Um, New DJ? York Jets. I mean, Boogie. Give me Jacksonville. Did you say anything about Houston or any? I took Indy. Okay. Took Indy. Give me, hey, I, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with Jacksonville. I'm gonna try, I'm gonna take Jacksonville. I um, give me Minnesota. New York Jets at San Francisco. Did you say Minnesota, DJ? I did. Okay. Wow, that's wow. They're putting this on TV. That's tough. Oh yeah, San Fran. Give me San Fran. Huh. Jets got Jets got to come back. They got to respond, right? Yeah, they got to respond. They got to respond. You're flying over. So does San Fran. San Francisco. They Give got me. they're 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 listening all week about how they quit. Who's who's starting at quarterback? Did they? Did they, they already advance? said Kaepernick's coming back. Okay. Oh yeah. Give okay. me give me San Fran. Yeah. I I'll, think now that being said, I do think it's the Bryce uh, Petty show from, from right. here on in. Yeah. Now. So give me give me San Fran. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If Bryce Petty starts, then give me San Fran. Yeah. yeah. You're right. San Fran. Um. Atlanta at the Rams in L.A. Atlanta. 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 Seattle at Green Bay. Ooh. Ooh. Seattle. Damn, Green Bay, you had to, this when you started to start to look all right. You got to come Get up me. against this one. Without Earl Thomas. Without Earl at Green Bay. Should be pretty cold. I'm going Green Bay. It should be cold, but that defense is still, still great. Um, you know what? Russell Wilson in bad weather condition does not throw the ball well. And depending on what the weather is in Green Bay, mm. that could play a, a key factor. That's, that's, it's going to be cold. That's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking myself. I'm I'll going, take Green I'm, Bay. I'm team. taking a hungry Green Bay team. I'll Please take Green play. Bay. Dallas at New York. Giants. Dallas. Dallas. I just keep rolling with Dallas. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm going to pick Giants just because we, we lost. We lost. To Pittsburgh, I, I don't feel like we can afford to lose both it's, of these games. Actually, we can because the Redskins lost, but um, huge for I think we can beat. I think we can beat Dallas, and but losing Pierre Paul really, really hurts us. Yes, it does. Um, because he's having a really good year. Yeah, but so is Olivia Vernon's had a sack in yes, five straight has. games, yes, and 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 Landon Collins has been great. And you know, and Dallas didn't look impressive against Minnesota, a team who can't look- score at all. They didn't look impressive against the Ravens. They haven't looked impressive, but I mean, they yeah. just keep finding ways they to win. They didn't look good again. They didn't look good against Minnesota, but the Giants' defense is nowhere near what That's Minnesota's defense. Giants, Giants is actually if you can, we can look there. There, we, we this is our first time last week to Le'Veon Bell allowing a hundred yard rusher on like fourteen games, mm-hmm. and Ezekiel had like thirty yards against us week one. Mm-hmm. He's playing better, but so are we. You're so talking, you're talking about Ezekiel Elliott in week one, his first. NFL regular season game mm-hmm. opposed to Ezekiel Elliott, who we're in week 
14 right now mm-hmm. who's playing behind a hungry offensive line, has a wide receiver core that's that's excited, and a defense that, for the most part, is healthy. But they were hungry in week one. They didn't draft from number four not they, to give him the ball. They knew what he can do. They've seen him run 230 yards against Alabama. But it's but but it's different when you get to the National Football League mm-hmm. and you're playing and you're, and you're playing your first National Football League game. Right. I mean, it's totally it, it, it's just different. Wow. So, the, so that so you're going with the Giants? I'm going with the Giants. I just feel like I feel like they they Zeke is playing a lot better, but I feel like so is the Giants defense, and I think Dallas is coming in on their high horse. They do have some motivation because they lost to the Giants already, but I do feel like that they are coming in more on their high horse. So we're more hungry. We're still. Even though we're in a good position, we're fighting for, you know, the wild card. So give me the Giants. Yeah. And Cowboys are still fighting for home field advantage. Yeah. We can still, we can still win the division. That'd be hard. It'd be hard, but we, we win this game and what well, Dallas ain't going to lose two yeah. more games. Yeah. But right. They play nobody. <laughs> Monday night game. We're about to find out. Baltimore and New England. <sighs> Baltimore always plays New England. Yes, they tough. do. They do. It's a good rivalry. It's it's a good rivalry. It mm-hmm. really is. Mm-hmm. And for a team that's playing without Gronk, mm-hmm. I think that this is a great test for the New England Patriots. Yeah. With you losing Gronk your first game back, I, I'm happy for the Patriots that they, that they get to play Baltimore because you're going to get a chance to see what your offense can do without Gronk and see who can step up against a very physical Baltimore defense that always plays you tough, no matter where the game is. Baltimore, yeah. New England, Baltimore seems to bring it against the Patriots. Yeah. There's two or three teams that you will ever pick to go into Foxborough and win, and the Baltimore is on you. Baltimore, uh, the, the Giants, and, you know, maybe Pittsburgh and maybe Denver, but that's it. That's, yeah. that's it. And Baltimore has – they've – They've had some good battles up there, and yeah. some. It's going to be a three-point game. But when you can put when you can put pressure on Brady, it just it just makes it a lot easier for you. And you know, like like Stephen A. say, he gets to tap dance and like Gregory Hines. Gregory Hines. They great Gregory Hines. In that pocket. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's hard to go into New England. Um, in December. Without Gronk. All that being said, still give me New England. I, I, while I just told you how it's time to start believing in Baltimore, that's a little bit more than believing in That's a lot. Yeah, I think they can do it, but I'll take New England, too. I think that... It's going to be a close game. Yeah. They have a shot. They have a shot. Definitely have a shot. All right. Shot. I just don't really... Who did you say, Lamar? I took the uh, Patriots. I just don't really believe in Baltimore that much, but I do think they can, especially without Gronk. They have a chance. But they, the, here's what I'm looking at. You're a Baltimore team with a suspect run game going up to New England. I think suspects are good as being current uh, too. In the past, when Baltimore has played New England, they have it, it was tough games. They actually had a run game mm-hmm. that they that they had to support them. They don't have that run game. Mm-hmm. And what you're not going to do is go up into New England, be one dimensional, and think that you're going to win a game. Now, if Baltimore's defense is able to generate some turnovers or points off of turnovers, mm-hmm. then that's 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 where they're going. I doubt they're going to do that. I, I, I'll, I'll put more into them running the ball better than them generating points off turnovers. Give me anyway. All right. Well, that's this week's show. Appreciate everybody for tuning in and listening. You got something you have to say? Let me ask you guys real quick. Um, baseball, Bryce Harper's looking for 400 mil. Should the Nationals give it to him? You got two years left. I think two years left on this contract. Um, I think that it's a way of, um, to me, it's saying that, hey, I don't want to be I think it's a good, I mean, I put it this way. Saying, hey, I want 400 million. Yeah, 
team and they give me four hundred million. Cool. <laughs> if it's the if it's the Washington if if I don't want to be in Washington and I got a chance to go to New York where I know that my endorsements are going to increase and also you have to think about this. You know, he's coming off the injury. See, if, if if I'm the Nationals, only they know how hurt he was last year. But you have somebody has to explain last year. Like if if last year was awful. Okay, like really, really bad. So if it's something like they know that, you know, hey, he had a broken arm the whole year, so this wasn't that. But somebody needs to explain last year. He was off. $400 million, you know, one guy. I don't know. All right, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate it. Um, If you didn't get a chance to listen to the whole show, it's available on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. Just type in the barbershop, playersvoice.com. And again, make sure you check us out next week. And you can listen to the show on uh, either the Players Players Voice Facebook page or on Demar Johnson's Facebook page if you missed it. Appreciate it. Everybody have a happy holidays and stay safe. Happy holidays. See you next week.